You are getting ready to listen to the voice of Dr. Radi Ferguson, 2004 Olympian, four-time national judo champion, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, author, speaker and coach. What's going on, man? This is Dr. Roddy Ferguson, 2004 Olympian, 40-time national judo champion, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, all the speaking coach. My man, Keith, Keith Pugh, has probably heard that a hundred times, and it comes off just as smooth every time that I say it. Every I'm here with... <laughs> every time. Never I'm... Go, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm here with the amazing coach, Keith Pugh, and I'm going I'm I'm to talk about Keith a little bit. But I'm gonna let Keith talk about himself a little bit more. Um, I've known Keith, man, since he was a young athlete at Howard University. I think if you ever watched the motivational speech that I did at Howard University, and I and I mentioned number thirteen, it, Keith is the one that I'm talking about. It's probably the it's probably the and I'm talking about myself right now. But that's probably the best motivational speech ever done at Howard University. Ever. <laughs> Hey, that'll get you. That'll get you running out the hey, tunnel right now. Deliver the message. To deliver. <laughs> hey, I got the helmet. I got the helmet downstairs. I go suit up real quick. Hey, hey, put that thing on. Hit that thing. Snap on both sides. Hey, hey. Click, 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 click. Well, let me tell you something. Keith is. He's a future Hall of Fame at Howard University. Absolutely one of the best linebackers to ever line up at Howard. Um, we have a now we come from a, like a recent legacy of, of linebackers at Howard University, um, from you know, Mark Christie to, to Tracy White, and then elevated with, with Keith Pugh. Um, I watched Keith develop not only as an as an athlete, but as a coach. Um, I came a little bit before him, and in the uh, in terms of the, the Howard University line, I played football at Howard. I was a professional athlete, and he came after me. He played football at Howard. He became a professional athlete, um, went to the NFL, did a small stint there, and then began, began, he did the same thing I did. He started learning more about how to become a better athlete and how, how, how to make his body, which is the best machine that he has, run like a well-oiled machine. So he, he, he jumped into the, the strength and conditioning world and has now become one of the premier coaches in the United States when it comes to strength and conditioning. He is the one of the assistant strength and conditioning coaches at University of Maryland. And what's crazy is my first strength and conditioning volunteer job, I did at the University of Maryland. And when I when I saw him at the University of Maryland, I, I was like, this is this is absolutely fantastic. Like we never talked about stuff like that, but he, he went in, in the same vein as I did. I ended up being an assistant strength and conditioning coach at Towson State University. He's an assistant strength and conditioning coach at the University of Maryland. And what's cool is I still do strength and conditioning. And I can call Keith now and get information. Like he just sent me a book that I mean absolutely blew my mind. I mean, just recently. Um, and it's cool watching his personal development watching his professional development, watching him shed the things that he needs to shed in his life to move forward and pick up the things that he needs in order to to grow. And I don't talk to him all the time, but I watch him, but we do talk. But I I see the I see the pain, I see the heartache, 
I see the development and that's part of the whole process of becoming an athlete and part of the whole process of becoming a world-class coach. Because when you're a world-class coach, you shoulder the burden of the athletes and they don't know it. You shoulder every win, every loss, every conversation that they bring to your office, every time that they talk to you about their personal relationships, about their about their school, about their classwork, about things going on in their life, every loss that they have in their personal lives with their family members and people who pass away. And you shoulder that whole burden, you coach them through that process, especially in the area that he's in right now at the university level. And, he's, and he specializes in, and I believe when I when I watch him, and I've done this before because I've coached, I coach women and female athletes. He specializes in coaching women and female athletes. And that's a really tough area and space to deal with in, in order to pull out the best from them and not not change who they are but you got to change what they do and that's very very difficult as a coach especially in that age group of 18 or 17 to 22 when they're really figuring out where they are in the world and i haven't seen anybody who does that as well as coach keith Pugh. And he's done it so well that, I mean, he's earned just two rings recently. His his teams from the University of Maryland, the men's basketball team and both the women's basketball team, both won the conference championship this year. And they had opportunity to display their talents in the NCAA tournament. So that's as much as I'm going to talk about Keith Pugh. But he's also my fraternity brother. All right. Yeah, we both, I'm not even going to tell you what fraternity we're in. You, you already know. <laughs> don't, 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 don't you play no games with me with that, okay? <laughs> let's do it there. Don't let the red shirt fool you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the known knowns. Let's keep it there. The known it's knowns. The known, it's the known. <laughs> known knowns. Well, listen. We don't want to. We don't want to go too hard in the paint. But in the beginning, man, go ahead and drop your drop your resume. It's good to have you on here, man. Oh man, it's a pleasure, man. Once again, I want to always extend my gratitude. It's an honor and a privilege to to one be counted not as your colleague, but also as your friend from day one and, and as a mentee. Um, I'm, I'm always privileged to uh, the knowledge that you give uh, unselfishly, you know, without without giving me the answers, allowing me to think for myself. And like I said, showing me the path, but not you know, telling me which way to go. So I'm appreciative of that first and foremost. Um, I mean, I come from humble beginnings, little country boy from South Carolina. Um, football all of my life and you know I was fortunate enough to, to for football to you know carry me through Howard University um, where Howard made me a man in all aspects and in, 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 in endeavors I'm always fortunate to have a full scholarship to to play football four-year team captain um, three-year black college all-american um, set a couple records while at Howard you know I was fortunate to have you know, a cup of coffee with the Buffalo Bills, and I had a little sip of tea with Cleveland. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, after that, I was really in a space where you know I had to figure out what I wanted to do with life and, and make that transition. But I knew I was always enamored to training because um, when the cards don't really shake out in your favor, you got to play, play the hand that you dealt. And I wasn't always the most, I wasn't the most gifted. I wasn't the tallest, wasn't the biggest, wasn't the fastest. Um, but what I had was a, a determination to be the best and to be the hardest worker in the room, uh, which really separated me from a lot of people who had the, 
you know, physical attributes and who passed the eye test in high school. I mean, you know, and, and people, they, they think I'm lying when I tell them this story, but there are a number of guys that I played high school with that, you know, were 6'4", 225 in high school, you know, from their freshman year to their senior year, like grown men, like, um, here I was. Boys Barry white. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm talking about cornbread Fred, you know, big country strong, you know, they don't I, have I, to lift away. Growing up in the morning feeding the piggins. Feeding the pig. Take that slot bucket out there. Um, you know, I was 5'8", you know, up until my junior year in high school. Um, so college football, let alone the NFL, was a long shot for me because I didn't see, I didn't have it, you know. And that's the reality of life. You got to realize when it may not be for you. Um, But I was fortunate enough to hit a growth spurt and the cards kind of played out in my favor um, in high school for me to hit two two growth spurts where I went from five, eight to six foot in one summer. Um, Yeah, hit a hit a nice little, nice little growth spurt. Didn't really, didn't really gain too much weight. and it's, it's a long story, but I ended up transferring schools, changed position. I played wide receiver from my ninth, my ninth into 10th grade. Um, I wanted no parts of defense at all. Um, I wanted to play offense. I, I saw uh, Jerry Rice gave a, he was giving a speech talking about like being a possession receiver and having longevity in the game. And he was like, I'm not taking no unnecessary hits. And if I catch the ball, I see three defenders, you know, I'm going to just get what I can get, get down. Get I, like, I was like, shit, say less. It's not good to me. It's not good to me. I'm going to catch the rock. That's the most important thing. I'm going to catch the rock, secure the rock, boom, get down, get out of bounds. Um, Not that I was scared of physical contact, but it's about longevity. Um, And long story short, uh, transferred schools, and we played in a scrimmage, and I was playing safety, you know, because I had had to play defense. We went to a small 1A school. We had 25 people on the on the roster. So you gotta you gotta play offense, defense, punt, punt return, kickoff, kick return, there's no break. You gotta play everything. Oh, so we went played in a scrimmage. I was at safety. Uh, my father, who was uh my defensive coordinator at the time, um we had a linebacker who kept getting into scuffles. Just kept getting into fights. Got into a fight scrimmage. So my father setting him on the bus, moved me to the outside linebacker. Um and this is my going into my junior year. And uh, it's my the end of my sophomore year, spring ball going into my junior year. And uh, the play broke, boom, made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage, like off instinct. And it was, you know, I didn't think nothing of it, you know, just made the tackle. I was like, all right, next play, uh, ran like a middle dive. They kept running up the middle, running up the middle, running up the middle. So, father moved me to the inside linebacker, boom, now I can see everything. So, I'm making a tackle here, make a tackle there. And uh, they had this this big kid, Bluffton, from Bluffton, South Carolina. He was about six, 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 seven, maybe 300 pounds. Um, they threw him a screen. And before you know it, you know, I had I reacted to the ball. And I'm there, and I'm looking, I'm like, and it's amazing what your mind can do in that split second. And everything slowed down. And now you really think, you're like, somebody got to make the tackle. So before you know it, you know, I didn't, I threw myself into him, closed my eyes and threw myself into him. Cause I'm at the time I'm six foot, maybe 180. 
はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。は
crop of people are coming through right. and things were different. We came out of that, that Bush era mm-hmm. and now we're in the Trump era. No matter how you feel or whatever, it, it creates and spawns different things and different opportunities for different people. Mm-hmm. And this is the opportunity we see a wave, we, we're seeing the rumblings right. trying to get this fab five for, for HBCUs coming. These, some of these these um, high profile basketball players are considering going to HBCUs. Yeah. And I don't really think people understand what life is like at a historically black college mm-hmm. or what the athletic life is like. When, when you look back and you think about the premier running back to ever hit the field, one of the premier running backs ever hit the field. You're talking about Walter Payton. You know what I'm saying? Walter Payton, Jackson State. Right. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Listen, listen. when you sit down and you think about some of the individuals who have, I mean, defensive linemen, Michael Strahan. That that, 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 man, man, Deacon Jones, uh, 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 Larry Little. Rob Theory. Mel Blunt. Ed Tutor Jones. uh, man, uh, Robert Porsche. Oh, Porsche, like, walk his dead. Hey, hey, watch this here. Earl Holmes. They don't know nothing about Earl Holmes. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, want, you to tell, I, want, you, I want you to tell the story. I want you to tell your story. But I, I wouldn't tell my, I, I, I don't know if you heard it before when I did a speech at Howard University, when I did a speech with the football team. I don't know if I ever told you about my Earl Holmes story. So, I don't Earl think Holmes, so, no. Okay, Earl Holmes put, okay. Earl Holmes put three people in the hospital. Yeah. Okay, Ted White was one of them. Oh my goodness! Ted was Ted was Ted was urinating blood. Mm. Coach Wilson. So they played in. They had for us it was called a sixty front. So mm-hmm. nose and Sarah nose and Will. So the three yeah, down yeah. linemen covered. Right, and then, right, right. And then Earl sitting in the middle. Yeah. And there's nobody on Earl because he's back away from the center. Yeah. Center can't get Earl. No. He can't, he, no. He can't, yeah. He don't get it. You don't got it. Now, Earl Holmes now, franchise player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We in the meeting. Coach Wilson say, we're going to run 50 ISO right up the middle. I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. We want the center to down block. And then the, the fullback go in the middle. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, you know me. I was an engineer, so you know me. <laughs> I, I'm, smart, I'm a smart ass. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the math. I done carried the one. You know what I'm saying? I done divide by two. Square root, you know what I'm saying? I done did all the math about it. I say, um, what type of sense does that make make? for me at 225 pounds to run in the Earl Home who 260 and the center is right there? Right. Ferguson, we don't need you to so 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 so. I said, okay. Nope. Our home is not averaging 22 tackles, 23 tackles a game now. Our home is 260. 260. You've seen our moving, home, bro. Moving, moving. Moving, man. I'm talking about getting sideline to sideline, crashing, coming up the middle. I had watched Earl Holmes. Earl Holmes hit Stephen Mosley, made him do a 360 flip. Boom, hit the ground. He came to the sideline and started crying. Man. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand. Somebody else ran across the middle. Earl put him out the game. <clears throat> Earl had Ted, Earl had hit Ted so many times in the backfield, it was unbelievable. He getting up slower and slower. They get this bright idea. I'm on the sideline. Ferguson, grab the front of your face mask. Let me get one right. Fifty-two ISO. 
I run out there. I said, man, one right, 52 ice on. Tell right, tell white, say, one right, 52 ice on one. <clears throat> I'm a world-class athlete now, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I was not then. Mm -hmm. okay. I, I was in the developmental stages. Okay? Right, 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 right. Then I, was a, then I was a mechanical engineering student. I was running the whole force equal mass time acceleration all in my boy, head. Boy, I had about to make a business decision. I had to make a business decision. <laughs> I had to make a business decision, coach. Coach, coach when they call the play, okay, I was in my three-point stance. I, I stepped with my left foot. Yeah. I put my right foot behind my left ankle. <laughs> and I like I, listen, and I like I fell down. And like I fell down, dog. <laughs> they say, they pulled me out of the games. Get your ass out the camera. I said, let me tell you something. I went to the hospital that, that evening to visit Ted. Oh, okay? yeah. Because I was not in the bed. All right? Oh, no. I was not in the hospital. Bro, listen. I don't know if we was going to win that game. I can tell you what. We weren't going to win that game with that ISO. Oh, absolutely and, not. And let me tell you something. Out of all the people on the sideline, if you think you're going to call me the ISO in the Earl home who's knocking <laughs> out. I'm not talking. Listen, you are a good linebacker. <clears throat> you 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 were a you are agile and speed playing linebacker. One of the things that got you caught up is like you were a tweener, like you were a strong safety linebacker. Now right, right, big right. enough in the NFL to be a linebacker, not right. fast enough to play strong. Right. Not slow by any means, but right. you you that's in that's, that's, yeah right. You you need to be if the, if they don't have no four four defense, it's hard for you to play. Exactly. <clears throat> so. Her home was straight knockout. Yeah. Different type of player. Different type. Let me tell you something. I had got caught up in the familiarity heuristic and the recency heuristic. I had seen what he was doing in the first quarter. And by the time they called me in, my answer was no, sir. No, sir. Not me. Not today. And not today. How you? <laughs> I'm telling you. That, I'm not telling you that that is the thing to do, but I'm telling you this. And I try to tell my son this because he, he hasn't played yet. And I want you to talk about the Black Eyed experience. When you get hit hard, you reevaluate some things. It will change your mind Man. and it will change your life. Oh, yeah. It'll make you realize some things. It'll, listen, it'll, it, you, you will gain some clarity. Oh yeah. About, about what it is that you want to do for, for a career. Absolutely. Cause let me tell you something. Seven on seven look good. It looked great. It looked great. Seven it on just, seven. Did somebody put that ride there, smack that on your chin. Ooh, I'm talking about listen, when they put that ride there on you, huh? And tattoo you. Hey, and the and the, and the difference is when they put it on you, hmm, you hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then and then push up and, and push up and, and then put, and put the pressure on you while you on the ground. And let me and, and I, I, I want you to talk, make your point. I'm still bringing the question back, but talking about what Coach Pugh said before, when you young, you close your eyes when you hit. When you yeah. get old, just like if you watch boxing, people are looking at everything. When you yeah. get older, when you hit, you see everything. You see everything. You don't. You don't <laughs> you close no eye. You, eye no. Like, you want to see everything. <laughs> you want to see everything. Hey, look here, man. It's 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 a different it's a different experience, man.
Oh man. Okay, go ahead and talk talk about uh, talk about the Black College Bears. Talk about your, your your freshman year coming out of the tunnel for the first time, getting on the field. Um, but that that's oh man, shoot. It's hard to think back on it. It's 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 so it was so real because you know you 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 put all the work in and then for me, you know, I, I my dream, you know, quiet as kept was never to go to a PWI. Like I had a favorite school that I wanted to go to. And I was like, you know what, if I get a scholarship, I would like to go to University of Miami or, you know, LSU. But that was that that wasn't what I truly wanted. Like I wanted that black college experience because being at South or you know, growing up at South Carolina State, the 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 vibe is just different when you're around your people and you can relate and everything's relatable. And then you see, you know, you see the, the, the men of Omega Sci-Fi jumping the wall, you know, to set something out. And he like, I want that. You can't go to LSU and get that. You can't go to University of Miami and get that. You know, you can't get, you know, you can't get that Howard University swag, sir. Yeah, you can't get that. You can't get that. You can't get talking out the side of your neck. <laughs> you can't get hay in the middle of the bomb. Or you can't get it. You can't. You, you can't get ice cream, man. Or on the same on the same token, you can't get all of my steps at a halftime show. At a halftime show. You know what I'm saying? You can't get never would have made it. You know. You can't get a. You can't get pretty brown eyes. No, you can't. You know what I'm saying? Coming through, coming through some tubers and a trumpet. It's, no, you it's, can't it's, get it. It's, it's a different feel, and, and when you you running through that tunnel, man, it's not as glamorous with the brick, brick and mortars, but you see your people, you hear your people, and there's and nothing, it's, and there's it's, nothing more beautiful than that. And I'm saying you, it's a different dialect. It's it's a different dialogue. It's a, it's a different dynamic coming through that tunnel, man. And you come on the field, and you go to the sideline, they play the national anthem, then they play, you know, send the black national anthem. That's every voice and sing. And to me, that that changed everything. My outlook on how the game is played in the game of football. And then you gotta line it up. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you, you know, I've seen a lot of great athletes, you know, in the in the in the NFL or, or whatever, but we have the same caliber of talent at the HBC. Same. same. You know, and, and the, 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 the reality of it is a lot of the players that, you know, back in the day and now that come from HBCUs mm -hmm. are Hall of Fame caliber athletes. So, you know, if I had to make the argument, I would say there's the only, the only difference to me you know, between HBCUs and PWIs is in the trenches. And big big W school big schools is in the trenches. That's it. Um because on, on the skill position. On the skill position, you got skill. You got skill. I tell people this. I say, man. Being having a good team in college is not really based off of how much you cultivate. It's, it's how well you recruit. Absolutely. You really don't have a lot of time to make any marked changes in a person in that time. Right. You're gonna get, the person's gonna have a lot, the, the physiological vat for the person is so wide at that particular time. If you give them 
a cartwheel push-up program, they won't right. get big. Right. They're going to get big anyway, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Right. Because the neural adaptations is so vast. Like you, you exactly. Yeah. Now, if you can get all those players and pull them in a certain environment together, then they're going to get better from being around each other. Yep. That's a recruitment thing. So if the athletes that go to the PWIs just go to the HBCUs. HBCUs Crazy. And and and, 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 and another point, you know, that's that's really touched on. I'm not gonna say it's easier to be a dog, you know, at a at a at a you know a predominantly uh, white institution or you know uh, or D1 BCS level uh, program. But if you think about the law of averages, if I'm on defense, and it's just me and a cornerback that are dogs. Everybody else is just, you know, run-of-the-mill average, or, you know, they, their goal is not to play football. They're just doing it because it's, it's a scholarship. Then every play is different. Those business decisions look different. Those choices, when you got to take on somebody like Earl Holmes, they look a whole yeah. lot different <laughs> than when you at LSU and you got a defensive end, a three technique, a nose, a nose guard. You got a, another DN. You got two linebackers. You got, you know what I'm saying, your whole secondary, all of them dogs. And they all hungry. They all want to eat. They all, you know, projected to go first, second round. Now, all I got to do, I just got to do my job. I just got to do my job. I just got one job to do. My corner making it easy. I know he shut down. That The ball ain't going there. I got a nose guard that's taking on a double team. And I don't have to play man. And I don't got to play man. I play zone. I, I can preserve, I can preserve my energy. So you got nine, you got nine dogs on the, on one side as opposed to two, where you, you know what I'm saying, that two is taking on the brunt of everything. You know, you got to think for the safety, think for the corner, you know, my nose tackle getting blown off the ball all my, so it's, it's different dynamics. I'm not saying that it's easy, I'm just saying, if I had to look at it from the broad, on the grand scheme of things, it's well. I, I will say this: it's easier to play in a system where I don't got to think. I'm just going. Right. Right. You know, I, I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by people who gonna make plays. I can I, count on them to make plays. I remember when um, it was it was me and my cousin who played at um, Bethune Cookman at the time, and. There was a couple of other dudes from FAM, Bethune. I think it was somebody, I remember somebody being from one of the schools in, in Georgia. It might have been Valdosta State. We were down at University of Miami. We were doing seven on seven. And it was it was Miami, University of Florida, and Florida State. Okay? Yeah. Versus the HBCU squad. Mm-hmm. These were the guys that you see on television, those dudes. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Man, we beat them so bad yeah. and talked trash with them. First of all, they can't play man-to-man. No. When you jam up, when you jump up on them in the bump, they can't get off the line. Absolutely. All they know how to play is cover two, cover three, and, a, and at that time, a little sprinkle of cover four. That's it. Black college, we playing quarter, quarter, half. You know what I'm saying? We playing... Man under. You got you got to play man. 
You play, we playing man under with the linebacker. We playing man. <laughs> you got, you got to, you got to be athlete. They, 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 they just used to playing zone. No, we playing man, yeah, yeah. man under. Yeah. So the, 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 when we play man under and then lock up the, lock up the corners and let the, let the, for us, let the strong safety he locks onto the tight end and let the safety play free. That's it. Safety, you do what you want to do. So safety can lean on one side, the strong side, the weak side, wherever you think you're going with the ball. Man, we picking the ball off. We run. They was getting so frustrated because they almost, they, you know what I'm saying. back then was playing cover two. Yeah. You know how bad a black college eat you up on cover two. It man, look here. You ain't got to tell me. And you don't have no. You don't have no pass rush. You ain't got no pass rush. You don't got nobody to get your quarterback. Quarterback, they back there looking. Having a coke and a smile. That's it, bro. I mean, I mean, we we beat them so bad. I felt bad for them taking that beating because they just believe. But listen, they boy, they passed the eyeball test, boy. Oh, they look, boy, look good. Ooh, I talk about good. listen here. I'm talking Shredded. about. It, it, I'm talking about everything. Yeah, pretty. And pretty yeah. now. Pretty. Pretty. They looking good. They look good. I mean, they, listen, they can't fight sleep. Yeah, look good. I mean, <laughs> look good, man. And, and to, to your point, we uh my fresh my freshman year, going into my going into my sophomore year, how we went over to the University of Maryland, seven on seven, man. Same thing. Hey, listen. Hey, look here. It, it, it got so it got so bad over there because they had they had their 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 office alignment, defense alignment were out there working out too. So they watching, and this is 2008, 2009, right? And we doing them so dirty. That we talking trash to the offensive defense alignment because we walking up and down the field, you know what I'm saying, picking them apart. So the so their offensive defense alignment, I literally say, y'all don't want to put the pads on though. I'm like, man, we playing the drill. Y'all called us over here. To get because y'all thought y'all gonna get some work. Y'all got work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I like granted, if we keep it, let's, let's call a spade a spade. We put the pads on, y'all gonna beat us in the trenches because y'all have Better athletes, y'all stronger. I, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go that far. What happens is they got more depth. They got more depth, yeah. So what I, happens I, is in the, in the first, in the first fifteen minutes, we in there, we in there. But when they rotate, that special teams, and watch this, that second, that second group of linemen that comes in. Oh yeah, we go from one to five. They go from one to one and a half. That's it. That's it. Like I start, I start, I start in five in the front on the front line, and they start in five on the front line. Oh, it's no problem. No. When they start substituting and that beat down coming, and, and we, don't have about we don't, yeah, we don't, we, 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 we don't have a substitute. Absolutely. <clears throat> and that, and people don't really realize that's the difference between scholarship offers. Yeah. Yeah. They they have more scholarship offers. What they got. They get 60, we get 40, 80, and 60. I don't know what it is now. Yeah, I don't know what it is now. Whatever, but whatever it is now, it's a couple less. Yeah. So yeah. when you see the difference in the kicking game, we don't, we don't, we rarely, I, we did my era, and you notice my era, we spent right. money on a kick. Yeah. We had Ruben Rees and Jason DeQuere. Right. But we spent money on a kicker, right. which, which, was, which was very, that was very rare back then to spend that money on a kicker at Black College. Full scholarship kicker. Full scholarship, absolutely. Full scholarship kicker? Yeah. No. But it paid it paid off dividends. Yeah. 
because we got tight games. Now you talking about momentum now, field position. That and that man, it's, 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 team. it's everything. Man, it's difficult to drive the ball eighty yards. Yeah, I don't. I don't think people realize how difficult it is on anybody to, to Listen, take that ball eighty yards. And let me tell you how, and, and it's difficult because I can swap. Man, I got, I got at least three tailbacks mm-hmm. and at least two blocking fullbacks, and I'm rotating. And they the ones running in the plays, and I'm rotating them in. Yep. And but the linebackers and the D linemen, they stand out there the whole time. Once, once that thing get when it get about play seven, play eight, you like, uh, hey, Cole, we might need give me a timeout or something. And then, and then, then we start. Then when the linemen start getting tired, the old linemen start getting tired. That's when they start running the the, the three step drop because it's easier to pass block than it is to pass rush. Yep. Boy, and the defense start getting tired, and they start they start. And then that that five turned to fifteen. That fifteen yep. turned into twenty. That twenty turned turned into forty five. And you you watching for the defense start arguing amongst each other. Yeah, you, you get the right. sign. And then you can't even get your cup of Gatorade. What? <laughs> Go get your what? Don't even get a sip of water yet. But yeah, it's it's, it's different, man. I, and you know, and I would I would dare to see like the differences in the depth and and in the trenches on on those levels. Um, even you know, even if you you do look at your perennial HBCUs. Their depth, uh, their their caliber athletes in those areas, in those areas are different than you know someone who struggled, you know. So, well, let me tell you something. I want to touch on this because I heard you talk about it before we jump into the to the media discussion. The media discussion is basically what Division One athletes need to do mm-hmm. um, over the summer and what prospective Division One athletes need to do. Like if you're a high school athlete. And you want to play D1 football yeah. or be, become a D1 athlete? Yeah. What kind of things should you do right now in this particular situation and dealing with the right. COVID-19 situation? And just right. as a perspective, if you're a junior, et cetera, some of the things that you need to do. But before before we jump into that, because that's the meat of the discussion, mm-hmm. you talked about. I ain't trying. I'm not trying to Barbara Walters you, okay? Yeah, you can. You talked about your dad. And the importance of your dad, man. I met your dad when, when you were at Howard, man. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful dude. And I didn't know he he was your coach yeah. and one of the people that moved you in the linebacker. But your dad passed away a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. God rest his soul. Talk about man, your. My dad was a Heisman Trophy candidate. My dad used to put the ball to me, run it back, look at all the way in, and and you know my dad's still living. He had his birthday a few days ago. But talk about your dad, man, and the impact that he had on you, on your athletic career. <clears throat> um, my man, my father. Oh man, was a all American dad, man. Um, like I, I knew hard work because that's what I saw. Um, someone who never stopped who would give anybody to shut up and back. And he was always true to himself. Um, and he got that mostly from my grandfather who, you know, my grandfather would always say, son, if you can find your hands to do anything, you know what I'm saying, learn to do it well. And my father could drop an engine in a car, he could build a house, sheetrock, uh, 
anything you needed, plumbing, you need to put run some electrical wire, sound system, whatever. Sheetrock. Sheetrock, yeah, anything. Everything. My dad was, he was the guy to call. Lay a floor, towel, linoleum, siding on the house, shingles, um, on the roof. And a lot of my work ethic, I got from him. I, I remember, you know, growing up, he introduced me into football. I was his ball boy. Going uh, on the sideline, getting ran over, you know, for for a long time. Um, a couple of his players would always tease me because I was always on the sideline, but I was so close to the action that, you know, they ran a play with a sweep one time, and two 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 players like collided and landed on top of me during the game. And I'm all oh, I'm small, <clears throat> so he picked me up, handed me across the fence to my mom, and kept the uh, kept the game going. Um, but. And I always, always, I was always in football. No matter, like I was born into football because that's what that's what he did, and I was everywhere with. I, I was in his back pocket uh, from the time I was born until the time that you know what I'm saying he eventually transitioned. And I don't, I I don't recall ever having a summer or a spring break or a winter break or any kind of break where we wasn't doing some kind of work putting shingles on the house, you know what I'm saying, during the summertime, and then going to 707, um, going to, going to, uh, or um, doing the winter break, you know, going and remodeling houses, laying floors, putting up lights, doing little small carpentry work, doing plumbing work. Um, that's, that's where I got my work ethic from, because that's what I saw, and I was always around that. And that's, I, I knew, you know, there's no substitute for hard work. Um, and, you know, my, my father, he, he was a, a player's coach. He had a personality like no other. Um, either you like him or you didn't. And that's just, that's just what it was. Um, but he, he didn't, he didn't have grievances with a lot of people when he would did, when he did, they were well-founded because he just had such a good heart, you know, and I, I I remarked at how many people, you know, said he did for them, and yet we didn't go without, mm. you know? And I don't understand how he had the time to, to do it. Um, but I understand because he didn't stop. He had, I think, I know, and I, I believe he knew his time was limited, so he didn't have, he didn't have a lot of time, you know, he couldn't put things off. He was always, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. If something wasn't right, he couldn't sleep. You know, if, if this didn't happen, you know what I'm saying, that thing would bother him until the early hours of the morning. He'll be up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning trying to go get it done. I gotta go do, do this for that person. I gotta go, you know, help this person with that one. You know, I gotta go help this person change the brake shoes. Bring, oh, bring it by the house, I got it. Um, yeah, you can come to the house. I got most of his players <clears throat> stayed over at the house. Because that was just, oh, we're going to Coach Peace out. Raising athletes and being there for his athletes and being that 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 father figure. Um, most of because in our in our <clears throat> in our culture, we lack that father figure, especially as men, women, women too. Um, but most young males need that. They're looking for that father role. Um, someone who is, a, you know, a man. In order to be a man, you got to see a man. And the closest thing to a man, you know, was was my father. Now, was he perfect? No. You know, he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But 
you know, so he was a great man and a great person. And, you know, he taught me everything I knew, or everything I know, you know, to this day, just about work ethic, about what it is to be a man, what it is to, to be a friend, you know, to, to, you know, what true friendship is. Um, and being true to yourself, not slighting yourself in the process. Uh, so he, he was my coach in high school, you know, coached me all through high school. Ninth, 10th grade, you know, he was my head coach. Ninth, 10th grade year, my 11th, 12th grade year. He was assistant, uh, he was a defensive coordinator, assistant head coach. And then and I got the scholarship to Howard. Um, I did one year at Howard. And then the next year, you know, he moved up to DC. Somehow he found a way to get on the coaching staff at Howard. I, I lie to you not. Uh, somehow he found a way to get on the coaching staff at Howard, you know, and lasted, you know, three, two head coach, three head coaches. Um, your dad coached you at Howard? Yeah. Well, he wasn't my coach. But he wasn't he your coach. coach. No, coach. yeah, yeah, yeah. You but coach, yeah, um, you gotta, get, gotta give you a little, yeah. get a little space to yeah, grow. Yeah, a little space, yeah, you know. Right, right, right. But hey, but, but he, he, was, he, he kept his eye on you. He kept man, his eye look, on you. I don't, I don't, there hasn't been a time, and I understand it now, but you don't. I didn't understand it then. Why we never separated? There was probably a year max that we were, I guess, separated. And now when I say separated, I mean like we wasn't always because we were always together from the time I was born until, you know, again, like I said, up until he transitioned. Always again. And I can- yeah, you know, was everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. And he, man, and I try, I tell, try to tell two brief stories just to, to, to kind of get, so people have an understanding of like what he was. Um, so he coached at a, a Columbia Heights educational campus in DC. They had a game on a Friday night. We played FAMU. We had to play FAMU that Saturday in Tallahassee. I believe it was a it was a night game. This man coached his football. It was a, it was a Saturday night game. Saturday night game. Coached his football team that Friday night. He agreed to drive the Penske truck. So this is the truck with the equipment. We not because we not checking. We don't have the resources to fly all that all the equipment, the tape and the video equipment. So he. So hold on, to, come on, come on. He was coaching at Howard and the high school? Yeah. Yeah. So, he coached his team that Friday night. Got on the road after the game. No, 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 no. Don't forget the part where he had to load the truck. He, oh, got to load the truck. Got, got, he got to load the Penske truck. Load the truck. Drives from D.C. to South Carolina for that, that Saturday morning. That's mm. the eight hour trip, mm. eight hour trip. Got up, 
slept, I guess, maybe two or three hours, and then drove from South Carolina to Tallahassee in the Pisky truck to make sure we had our equipment for that game on Saturday night. And this is not this is not like a one-time event. He was also a minister. It had to set up the equipment. Had to set up the equipment, set up the video, the, the 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 headsets, and like that's that's what he was. So he would. And you said he was also doing what? He was a minister. So he he was he's a uh, ordained minister as well. So now he's also doing Bible study and, and being a chaplain, and. And this is the crazy part. After the game on Saturday, that Saturday night, he drives back to South Carolina so he he can attend our home church service. And then drives back up to D.C. Goes to work Monday morning. Work the entire week. Just to do it all over again. Coaching on two teams. Two teams. Coaching on two teams. And that's that's the that's the kind of man he was. That was kind of like it was no, he didn't have an off switch. There was no, there was no, and <clears throat> this is where I find some semblance of understanding what rest and recovery does, and being able to disconnect just by watching him. So there are things I've I've learned from him that he may not he may not even understood at the time, um, you know, but. Is a time and a place for everything, but he was always go go go. Like I need to, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And that that's just you know one story. You know another story is football always brought us together. Um, and then when I wasn't playing anymore, we didn't have football. But we always talked about owning motorcycles or going to West Coast Customs, getting custom bikes and whatnot, um, getting the big choppers. So one day, you know, I'm 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 in I'm at I'm in Logo working out, doing some training. And he called me like, hey man, I'm at the Harley dealership. I'm like, all right, cool. He, I ain't, he's like, come come out, look at these bikes with me. I'm like, bro, I'm not getting no bike. So, you know what I'm saying? You can, and I don't need another bill. It's like, I'm good. <laughs> so we get there and uh, we looking at bikes, looking at bikes. I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, I don't need a bike. He said, let me work something out. So, and, and he could talk. He could talk your drawers off. So, <laughs> hey, look here. <laughs> hey, and you have, a, you have a conversation with you. And next thing you know, you give him your whole checkbook. Right, everything. He, that, that, I'm talking about, I'm talking about talk, but not, not just like in, in a way that was some BS. It was like, uh, uh, substance field conversation right so we end up getting these motorcycles <clears throat> um and my mom called as we signing the paperwork listen here she don't she don't know where we at none of that so she calls his phone he he he, he ain't told nobody nothing nobody nothing <laughs> Call his phone so she gives he he, he look at the phone and he give it to me I'm like, oh, what's up, man? Uh, we talking, boo. And he was like, where y'all at? I was like, you know, I'm just with Pops. We out, you know? And before I could say anything, she like, y'all better not be getting no motorcycle. And I just looked at him, I was like, 
That, that ain't my business. That ain't my business. <laughs> so I said, no, we ain't doing that. So we signed a paperwork, came home with the motorcycles, man. And, you know, it was another way for us to bond, I guess, to get everything out that we always wanted to do. Had football, I was able to, you know what I'm saying, play in the NFL, which, he, which was his dream. And it became my dream. He was so proud of me um, to, for, for doing that. Um, you know, I remember going to the NFL Combine. I came home with the the the, uh, the gear that they gave us, you know, and I just gave it to him, and he would wear it. Anytime. He, he would wear it like it was his. So. Hey, it was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean. It was. Know, it was, it was, was his. Yeah. So, like, he was everything to me, man. Solid, solid, solid individual. You know, you know, in, in his transition, it, it made a lot of things clear for me. Just as a man, in general, you know, it, it put a lot of things into perspective. You know, uh, what I need to do, how I need to move. You know, everything that I needed, I, I had already learned. You know, for the most part, and how I need to move. I need to govern myself accordingly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of universal truths, you know, reveal themselves. Um, in his transitioning, right? And you you understood why he spent all that time with you, man. My, yeah, um, it, it made it made perfect sense, man. It, it made so much sense and gave me so much peace, knowing that my 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 purview, man, and looking at you and your dad, man, y'all was like y'all was like two brothers, man. And that's how that's how we were, man. Like it was no it was no shortage on, you know, he was my father, but he also was my friend, like my best friend. That, that would tighten you up too. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That would keep it real with me, you yeah. know. And, and that's what you need, though. You need somebody that gonna keep it real with you no matter what. Right. But always have your best interest at heart. They pull you out like my old master. Hey, man, God is not pleased with that behavior. Exactly. That's all he's saying. <laughs> he'll, 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 get, he'll get it. <laughs> you know, deeper than that. You don't get it all that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. What, what, what did God say? What did God say? Pray on it. Said, did you no, pray about it? No, I ain't pray about it. Okay, then. And they just walk off. And then walk off and, and, and leave. And you like, <laughs> you ain't gonna help me. You ain't gonna help me. I just did. I just, just did. Just did help you, man. I take you my um, your old man sound like mine. My dad never missed a game. No. Bro, I'm talking about when I think about it now that I got, I got, you know, as, as we say, I got two cheering. Yeah. And he didn't, I'm talking about he didn't miss nothing. 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 Only one thing that they missed because they didn't know what was going on. I won the spelling bee in second grade. Mm -hmm. Wasn't no paper sent home or nothing. We just had the spelling bee that day. That's yeah. the only thing that he missed. Yeah. Because he didn't know about it. Bro, I'm playing in, in South Carolina, man. He's yeah. there. Yeah, I'm, my, my, he 
Never missed a game. Any of my college games. I mean, when he was on the staff, but with that year, he wasn't. He was at every game. Every game. My dad, he did not go to the Circle City Classic because we played on ESPN. Because mm. so you know how it is. When you're, when you're a dad, you also want to be able to. You want to be. Yeah, exactly. Remote. exactly. Like, yeah, look at exactly. your, Right, look at your son playing on ESPN. So we played on ESPN a few times. He, he had that particular privilege. The one of the best things, man, was you know, I played in the Black College All Star game. Yeah. To have my my parents see me playing all, they watched me from on TV to play in an All Star game. And my parents, I mean, looking up in the stands and seeing my parents at the Olympics. Yeah. Something else. Your dad was in the NFL game, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, he they came up they came up uh, while I was in in Cleveland, man, and see him there and take that picture to come to practice, man, to come to facility. Um. I remember taking that picture with, the picture with you in the uniform and everything. You best believe it. You best believe it. Um, shoot, I remember my recruiting visit to Howard. Um, I got on the plane. They drove up. <laughs> he he drove like that's that's just that's just how he was. Like he was, it was it was for him too. Right. Know? No, it was. It was. And, and let me tell you, you said something important, and I tell parents this all the time. They said, well, my, my kids need to make a decision. Might need to be my kid's dream. I said, listen, your, your kids don't have no dreams in the beginning. You live vicariously through your kids for a yeah. reason. For a reason. Like you, you have to push your kids to something. Yeah. And, and, them and, as you push, and as you push them to the thing, push them so that they learn all the tangibles and intangibles of that thing that can also relate to getting other things. Exactly, because so, it's all it's all interdependent, man. Like all, all the books that we done read, we we read the books where they talk about the parents who, when the when the kid got popped out of the womb, they teaching them how to play chess. How to play chess? They yeah. ask them. They ask them what they want to. They setting the tone for early. They ask them, do they like chess? Man, I ain't ask you if you like the grocery in the refrigerator. Man. I see you eating it though. And see, and I see you tearing it up. And you gonna tear up this chess? And I'm gonna teach you chess. They taught all their kids to be what world champions in chess, a world class what chess masters. Yep. That is what you do. It's not that you're trying to push your kid to live vicariously to your kid. It's that you, as a parent, get to make the make the decision of what resources are going to be available to your child because yep. it's your child. Yeah. They say, yeah, but it's their life. Yeah, it's their life when they can live it. Absolutely. But if I leave you where you are at two months, you can't live your can't life. Live. Exactly. You, you live in my life. Cause I gotta I gotta pull some of my life out to make sure that you have one. Absolutely. So until you can live it on your own, you're gonna live <laughs> You're gonna live how we live. We're gonna live how we gotta live. Right, right, right. You know, and it, it, it's about it's about that exposure too, you know. If you're not exposed to it, you don't you don't know. You, you don't know no better. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you don't, don't know you don't know no better. You don't know no better. And why you can't make a decision for your child, the best thing you can do is expose them to it and let them make that decision. And then you support them in that decision. And he was he was like he was that. He was that he exposed me to it. I chose it. I made the choice. Um and then once you make that choice, there's no, you know, there's no halfway. 
Right. Well, Coach Pugh, give me uh we're gonna take a pause here for a moment. I'm gonna refill mm -hmm. my coffee and then we're gonna get on with the second part of the interview. Right on. So all right, so Coach Pugh, let's man, you talk you talked about a lot of things, man. You talked about well, we talked about HBCUs, your dad's influence, you talked about work work ethic, you being a ball boy, bathing yourself in the sport. Right. And you also talked a little bit about about gender roles a little bit, about about a, a man needs to kind of be around to help another man develop. I mean, there's Absolutely. something, I I don't, if something's broken in my house on my plumbing, I could I could do what I can, right. but I, I need a plumber right. to fix it. So right. kind of talk about that, man, kind of talk about, you know, how you see gender roles, manhood, and then Talk about your mom and how your mom allowed allowed because women have to do that too. They got to allow, allow yeah. Because she has to back off and man and give some of her time with her husband, you know, right? To you and your dad, you understand what I'm right. saying? So, so talk about how, how she how she was able to maintain her her position mm -hmm. as, as mom and wife, and how your dad kind of influenced you and how in in and the importance of, of gender roles in a society that kind of, kind of wants to be gender role-less. Right. I mean, the way I saw it, the way I grew up, it hey, was, hey, hey, you know, hey, the way I grew up. You talking about nobody else? Talking talking about about, I'm gonna make it personal to me um, because that's that's the best example that I can give. Um, I think uh, most times we get so caught up in What's good for the goose is good for the game. And it's not a one size fit all. Nothing in life is one size fit all. Very few things, uh, most things in life are, you know, based on bio individuality, based on the individual and your individual experience. You know, you may have similar experiences, but my experiences are different based on what I perceive, how I was raised, what I experienced. So what I experienced was an understanding between two people who understood what they needed to do to make the best of what they had. And a lot of times we get lost in, oh, this is relationship goals. This is a set defined way of what it is that it should look like. When in all actuality is based on, this is what we got. This is where we want to go. This is what we got to do to get there. What are we willing to choose to let go to take on to consume us or to consume for us to get to where we're trying to go and one can argue that that's p politically correct but at the end of the day i can't tell you how to live your life because i'm not living your life i didn't i'm not experiencing what you're experiencing and you know nowadays <laughs> Women are breadwinners now. But that doesn't make the, the man in the household any less of a man. He's still a man. Allow, allow him to be a man. And, 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 and here's, a, here's a rough part. How do they allow somebody to be something that they ain't never seen? They ain't never seen. You can't model what you haven't seen. So what they believe is I make more money I call the shots. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Ain't there ain't no ain't no shot calling for nobody. Nobody. There is no shot. Can I can tell you one thing for sure? Two things for certain. That money ain't gonna always be there. I done, I done been there and seen it. And you live long enough, you're gonna be without it. If if not, if not for a brief time, maybe for an extended period of time. And and, and I'm not and I'm not saying that to say that money, you don't need money. Cause we, you need money. Money well, is a tool. Money, money is a tool. Money answers all things. Money, answer. That's what that's what the good books say. Money answers all things. All things. All things. So you need money. But what I'm saying is, don't let that thing create a love of become. Cause that's the root of. Don't make me. Now nah, listen. I, we, listen. We, we can go. We can go. This thing all the way back. The, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. Not the love of it, the lust for it, the desire for it. It makes you do different things. It makes you treat people different, all right? So that man still got to be a man, all right? Now, if he's being a man, that's a totally different issue. I I can't say whether he is being a man or not, but it's how very you treat it? Right, it's very difficult for people to define what a real man what a real man is and and i hear i hear a lot of people say that man and i'm really glad that you're able to sit in that coaching space so that people can see it here's here's the best way i can explain and, I, and we, we don't want to preach to you all right when you look at gender roles most of most of what like we believe and most of what other people believe come from a certain conceptual framework absolutely if you believe in the judeo-christian theoretical framework then you have a, a ideal of yep. what a man does yep. and what a man does is this when there's a noise in the middle of the night that could be a possible intruder who could end up killing me or that man get up and go see about it. I, I'm willing to listen, my boy. Look at let me bring this thing on home. See, I'm willing. I'm willing to. I'm willing to go and and give up my life, huh? So that everybody, so everybody else, everybody else can live. He died so that we may live. What? Live. So live. Here's the difference. When you're laying in the bed, Jesus, late at night, and the noise goes off. When you know, or you have an expectation of who goes to check, that lets you know the role mm -hmm. of that person in the relationship. That, fortunately or unfortunately, comes at a cost. Are you willing to pay the price? See, the salvation is free. Jesus. Like, for you for you to be saved, for you to not get killed by the intruder, that's free. The salvation is free. But the move to go to check on the intruder, that comes with a cost. They're going to cost you something. That's, that's going to cost you something. They're going to cost you something. That's going to cost you something. So what I try to tell people is, the tap 
on the shoulder that the man get to check on the intruder, the opposite tap on the shoulder that he make because he want to get him something at one or two o'clock in the morning, that 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 even that's that different. I, that's 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 where that thing that that scale start to balance right there. Just, but see, they don't. They, but they don't. But people don't see that. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They, they don't see that. I, you know, I, I was raised, man. I, and I, I like things in threes. A man is supposed to provide, procreate, and protect. So, and how and how you provide is based on what you have to provide with, what what you have to offer in your provision. So, in that man. It may not be financial, it could be emotional. You know, it could be, but you got, and then you got to understand your role within the role that you're trying to play. What are, what, and, and that's when it comes back to what's best for us? What's best for us? Like, and I grew up old school. I don't believe a woman should, you know what I'm saying, have to pump her gas if I'm in the car. I, never, never, no. I don't believe a woman should touch the garbage can in the house. Touch the garbage, garbage can, no. If, there, if there's a man child or a boy in the house, a woman should have to touch the garbage can. Don't she don't have to do no yard work unless she gardening or putting up, put, pulling some weeds out the garden. She better not cut no grass. She better not do nothing with no air filter. As long as there's a man in the house, a man present, cousin, uncle, nephew, whatever. And if you know ain't no man over there, you need to go. You need go to go check. Go check. Go check. Go see about her. See, see if she all right. If, if that's your people. Now, if that's your people. Now, that's, people, that's that's how I was raised. That, that's how I was raised. Some people that, my, my son will take you, and we going in the store somewhere, he open up the door for a sister. If another woman there, he step to the side, let that woman walk Let go first. And he go in. Now, that's, that might be old school. But that's the only school yeah. for me now. I ain't saying nothing about nobody else. That's how, that's how my chosen way of life. That's how I choose to live. That's how, that's how I choose to live. So. <laughs> you gotta get it how you live. So, and again, we, 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 get caught up, we get caught up in so many schools of thought and we try to generalize everything. No, what what works best for you? That's it. Let's I let's let's start there because success leaves clues. And my parents were married for thirty some years. High school my, sweethearts. My daughter Sam. You know what I'm saying? High school sweethearts. I'm not saying that they were perfect. I'm not saying that everything they did was right. Was right. But because they had an understanding, they were willing to work together based on what they had. They wanted to do the best they had with what they had. And it worked for them. I'm, I'm a, so I'm you can't a, ask for what works for this person, what works for that person. It's not, it's, it's, it's going to fail you every time. But the one thing that I do know is this. And this will segue us into the, the, the part of the, our discussion. No. Your parents married for what, 35 years? 33. My parents married 47. Yeah. There's things that happen in a 30, 40 year old marriage that don't ain't nobody get going to discuss. Exactly. Ain't nobody gonna talk about. Ever. There's things that you know happen in your parents' marriage and my parents' marriage that they we ain't never gonna talk about. You ain't gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about it. But you know what? 
if you're going to be married that long, it requires a higher level of perseverance. Absolutely. And it requires a higher level of stick to itiveness. And the reason why people get up and they applaud people who've been married 30, 40, 50, 60 years is because they know the work that it takes to get to that level. And let me tell you, uh, my my mom Dukes is a soldier. Soldier. I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? My pops transitioning aside, women don't get enough credit for how powerful they are and how much they take on. And to this, I would say women are the most powerful beings on this earth. Planet. They, they, we, we don't get here ever, without Ever created, ever created, ever created, by far, by far. And, you know, I watched, I watched my mom be a mother, be a wife, be a friend, be a colleague, be a daughter, be a sister. And try to balance all of these positions at once and make sure that nothing is lacking while also dealing with herself and trying to find who she was. But she, because all she's known is being in a relationship with my father. She, she's been a pew longer than she's been a bloom, which is her maiden name. So, and the things that I've seen transpire in their relationship gives me a deeper understanding of how hard it is, one, to be in a relationship, period, if you really want to be in one. And what you have to choose while in that relationship. Because it's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. That's not a sacrifice. You choose it. You choose it. If it's something you want, you choose it. A sacrifice you making a decision for something that you don't want. Or you gotta give you gotta give you gotta it gotta up. Give up stuff. You didn't do what, what, what was required of you. You didn't do, you weren't obedient. You weren't obedient. You didn't do what was required of you. So, so now you gotta sacrifice. A sacrifice. Now you gotta give up something that you want. To to stay in the position. You stay to stay relative to where you wanted to be. Rep- so Relative to where you want to be, you don't, you don't, you don't miss it. You don't miss it a little bit to, to, to stay in proximity of where you want to be. So, and I mean, she, she's an amazing human being. Um, you know, and I, I, I love her to death. And she, I think, yeah, that 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 is so crucial. What you said, man, and what's so different is, is society is moving, shifting a lot of. Things that were they don't believe anymore. You have different identities as old school, formal belief system, current belief system, and I mean, literally, you have certain people who don't believe that they have to fit within a a role in a relationship. Oh yeah, so you got to roll whatever it is. Let me tell you something, man. You got you got to figure it out. That's that's 
foolishness. I'm right. going to tell you why it's foolishness. Right. Because when more than when two people come together, or it's two or more, you you are building a team. Everybody on that team has a job to do. Everybody can't do the same job. Everybody can't do the same thing. I'm tired of, listen, I'm tired of doing the dishes all the time. You need to do the dishes. Who's better at doing the dishes? I understand. Listen, watch it, watch it. Nah, that might, be, that might not be right. Well, you had to. I'm tired of balancing the checkbook. I'm tired of taking, you need to, who's better at it? Because somebody got a coach here and we got to put the best person in the position so that we can win. So we can win because well, it's not a competition amongst us. We no, a team now. A team. Now, here's the thing. Here's what people don't get because y'all, everybody be thinking short term. And listen, I just got divorced last year, okay? That wasn't something that I wanted or something that, that I ended up with. I got it. Praise the Lord. We got to move on. Everybody got to be respectful. But here's the thing. You might play a certain position from zero to five years and a different position from five to 10, another position from 10 to 15, another position from 15 to 20, another position from 20 to 25. You might do, you might do all this work in the beginning and then bam, you in a wheelchair and somebody got to take care of you at the end part of your life. And, and you thought it was uneven at first. If you live a life of tit for tat, in a relationship, in a marriage, it's never gonna work. Work when you start trying to trying to put things on the ledger of how much you make, how much I got, how, how much you did, how much I. Now, I let me tell you something, and this is gonna move us in our and our and our athletic discussion. Yeah. How you feel, okay? How you feel and your feelings are relevant. Absolutely. They're relevant. Absolutely. We can't use them to win, though. Can't use them to win. Because your feelings, yeah. your feelings are fleeting. Yeah. And they'll betray you. That's absolutely. I understand this. If we don't recognize them, we lose. If we don't recognize them, we lose. You come from the sideline, they say, hey, Pew, what you see in there? How you feel if we run so-and-so? I don't know, Cole, so-and-so. He, 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 listen, he gonna listen to what you say. Exactly. And then he gonna call it what? You gonna call it a different play. You gonna call a play. He might call the one, he might call the one that you say. Yep. He might call the one that he feels. But I think a lot of people get caught up in is they think that the, that the, that the role of coach should change every season. Right. Coach gotta be the coach, man. Nobody be the coach. And that and and I and I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that whoever you want to choose to be the coach, allow that person to be the one who gets up and checks on the noise. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, now I'm done with that. I'm you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I'm done with that. I, you got to put yourself in the best position to be successful. You got to put yourself in the best. It's you might do fifteen things better than your spouse, man. You might, and, and listen, you, you you might feel like people think. Let, let me tell you the worst thing that I heard. I hear people say, 
It's a man. Marriage is 50-50. No marriage. No, is it's, not. Never, it's, it's never 50. No relationship is 50-50. Listen, the marriage might be 90-10 the whole way. And that's, and that's life. And, and let me tell you, and, and I think... You didn't, you didn't sign up for 50-50. You didn't sign up for 50-50. Because no, some, some days it's going to be 80-20. Some days it's going to be 20-80. You know, because we go through life, man, we experience transitions at different times because we are constantly changing, constantly evolving. Life is constantly changing. So you may experience something one day where you have nothing to give. I have, and I physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially, I may have nothing to give. But if we in it together, if we choose to be in it together, then I might need you to pull the sled for me. Just for right now. It ain't gonna always be like this. But we a team, remember we a team. It's if 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 your relationship is 50-50, you best to be high telling the body there. Because guess best believe somebody else getting the other 50. Hey, the, 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 the things that I have seen now that I'm outside of the uh out of the I'm out of that game and a different game. Somebody else getting the other 50. Somebody getting the other 50. You better high tell the butter there. Let me tell you something. Here's my piece of advice. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring my son in here because I want my son to be part of the second half of it. Here's my, here's my... When you start talking about your issues or your problems to people that's not on the team. Loose lips, sink ships. Your team can't win. Can't win. And at the end of the day, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Listen, the, the people, listen, when the people that you coaching in the in the weight room, when they start talking about your program to the, to the people at the in the cafeteria or the people on camera, they start complaining to other people. We can't fix that. You're not trying to fix that problem now. You now you think it's a problem that you need to get rid of. Get rid of. We gotta eradicate this. You gotta, you gotta get that cancer butter there. And here's the thing: the cancer think the body is the cancer, and, and the cancer go. Hey, listen now, listen now, hey, listen. I want you to understand this now. I want you to understand what I'm saying now. Hey, coach, coach. The cancer think the body is the cancer, and that and and that cancer gonna feed off everything in there. Every everything is so now so now so now. That problem that wasn't an issue becomes an issue now because now you see it differently. Now watch this here. Now here's what people don't have. Here's what people don't realize. The the chemotherapy process kills everything. Everything. It don't separate the good from the bad. It kills the cancer and it kills the good stuff. But both people got to be willing to die so, so that you, you can live. We can live. The problem is, is that when you be on your cancer thing, you just be eating, eating, eating. That's it. All you do is go to the next host. That's it. I'm done with this. Now we can move on. <laughs> Rufus, come on in here, son. I need you to. I need you to meet one of the best. Pull up a chair as we transition. Pull up a chair right here. 
right chin. Cup of squat. It's over cup of squat. <laughs> hey man, don't tap my house. Don't <laughs> tap my house. <laughs> You know he got that. That's that's Coach Pew. What's up, brother man? Boy getting big, man. You see, he got a wing. Look, look, yeah, he got yeah, I see, wing. I see him. Look, I look, see. look, you got, look, you got. Hey, look, you got, you got the silk do rag or the velvet do rag. So, still good. I hey, look good. I need, I need to get me a haircut. That's why I got the hat on. Yeah, I got a hat on too. My hairline ain't. They don't. It's not an agreement with me. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> hey, listen, so what we want to talk about now is, Coach Pugh, what can an aspiring high school athlete do right now in the summer? Because the summer started early. As soon as the coronavirus hit, the summer started. Summer started. You got, you, you got, you got, what'd you say? Five months. Huh? You got, you got a head start. So as soon as as soon as uh, as soon as the coronavirus hit, the summer has stopped. What can an upcoming high school athlete do to prepare for you know their their seasons? You know football, cross country, even even those people who are used to playing in basketball leagues in the summer and doing summer track. Things have changed. Right. So as, as a strength and conditioning professional, what can because you know I'm dad, so the yeah, 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 right, right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was the same way. He didn't listen. To he he tired of hear you talk. He hear you talk all the time. But <laughs> get up, no, 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 no. close the refrigerator, close the door. <laughs> oh my god, my god, pick my your god. socks up. Put that right. pillow over there. Hey, stop stepping over that garbage. You <laughs> see that garbage there? Yeah? Hit hand me the remote. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the most important thing, anybody, any athlete right now, um, college, high school, professional needs to be a, a healthy human first. Because without being a healthy human or a healthy person, there is no sport, there is no training because you're spending your time recovering. So being a healthy human first. And what do, mean, what do you mean by that? So I mean, so in terms of this pandemic, let's use the pandemic to be example. Practice social distancing, wash your hands, you know, um, making sure that you're using a mask or you're wearing a, wearing a mask, all, all within the guidelines of what the CDC has imposed upon us or the pandemic has imposed upon us because this is, this is real. Um, you know, we have 40,000 deaths in the U.S. alone, over 800,000 cases, and people are dropping like flies, you know, everywhere. Um, something that has been seen before, but not in our lifetime, that we've seen something to this magnitude of where people are literally just, you know, passing away. Um, so being a healthy human first, and then along with being a healthy human, pandemic aside, doing the thing that your body needs, making the right choices, food, sleep, mindset, movement, recovery, so that you're prepared, you're ready to go for training the next day. And I think those things, uh, those, those things are, are paramount 
to performance, not only as an athlete, but just in daily life and having a, a, a great quality of life, just to enjoy life. Um, building those habit now, those habits now, those behaviors, those patterns, so that when you're done, because the only guarantee about being anything, a ball player, uh, a champion, is, is uh, not a champion, or, or um, a wrestler, a boxer, is that one day you're not going to be one. So what qualities have you put in place? What habits have you built? What patterns, what routines, what disciplines have you contrived over your span of being that that are going to sustain you afterwards um sleep might be the most important you know success happens overnight and i only say that because we spend a third of our life sleeping so and sleeping is where all your recovery happens everything happens or it's supposed to but if you don't get enough sleep then your body don't have the time it needs to recover so to function properly. What do you tell your your college athletes about getting rest? So they, got, they got they have schoolwork, but they also got unnecessary screen time going absolutely. on. Absolutely. So how how do you coach to that? Because it's it's different today. So the best you can do is inform them, because you can't make no one do anything. The best, the best we can do as coaches, as parents, not not, not in the college environment. Well, we we in different aspects. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be politically correct. <laughs> Look, we can't make it much. They, they, they can't sit you down and say, uh, Linda, uh, that loaf of bread that we giving you. You know what I'm saying? We wanted to cut that loaf of bread. Hey, look, look, we gonna, we gonna take about five slices. Slice out of that because Lisa over here. She says she need to eat too. She she, try, she hungry. She hungry. Yeah. Unless because ain't no sense in feeding you unless you're gonna do some more work. Unless you're gonna do some work. Unless you're gonna produce. Right. Listen, because that's, that's how they talk, that's how they talk to you in college when they yeah. get ready to get the scholarship. Exactly. But they don't want to. They don't want to cut it. Oh yeah. They rather you be obedient, so they ain't got to make the sacrifice. Sacrifice. So they ain't got to make the sacrifice. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, and that's what it boils down to, in the in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, you inform them that and I, I try to do it in a way that it makes sense so I asked them a simple question um, if I told you I, I would give you a performance enhancing drug free that will improve your performance would you take it don't cost you anything not illegal I, not a dime out your pocket. Would you take it? Can I increase your one one your your one rep max? Can I increase your reaction time? If I told you I can can, can increase your efficiency by you know five six percent, would you take it? And most of them say yes. And then I. Explain them how sleep is the most important thing that they should be doing. They should begin all the all the all the tangibles based on the research. And I said, y'all remember that performance enhancing drug I was talking about? That's it. That's it. But it's not a magic pill. There's no magic pill because it requires discipline and consistency. 
all the things that we preach about and we preach to them, it comes back to those same qualities, those same habits, those routines, those disciplines of can I turn my phone off an hour before I go to sleep? Can I get in can I get in the bedtime at a at a can I go to sleep at the same time every night? Now let me tell you something. This is this is this is so profound and it speaks to the change that that happens with the per the demographic that we're coaching now right because in our time it was hard work hard work hard work and it's hard work. but yeah. the hard, the hard work now is shutting it off oh. shutting it down because the quality of sleep that you get when you fall asleep looking at your phone is different from the quality of sleep that you get when you cut your phone off oh allow your brain to shut down and then sleep because there are two different types of sleep and let me let me get this point before you go coach <laughs> rufus i'm gonna tell you this here i just say shut the device off and i, I could give better reason than like he's doing right now to be honest with you i'm also reading a book on sleep right, right now that i'll talk about after you finish mm -hmm. but when i was coming up son we watched tv and then tv went off yeah at two o'clock, they start playing the, or three o'clock, they start playing the, the Star Spangled Banner. And then the TV go, shh. It'd be a white cloud on the TV. It, there wasn't no, all of what? Wasn't no, was this what? There was nothing to watch. Right. The whole TV, like all the channels, the only channel that was going on, and he'll tell you this, watch this. The only channel that was going on was the Gospel Channel. That's it. Miami was channel 45. They they got prayer all night and they all, all night. Yeah, it's, it's they call it for your holy water? It, call it, it for your special prayer? And they leave that plan all night in the house sometimes. Some family. My Aunt Ethel did that. That's the only channel that went all night. All the rest of them, that thing cut off, man. And it didn't start back until 5 a.m. or 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. So, man, speak to them being able to shut things off. Man, I would argue to say that rest and recovery is just as, if not more important, of, of, of greater importance than the actual training because it's a skill. Discipline is a skill. Being consistent is a skill. So the reason why we have so many late night shows these corporations and companies, they thrive on us being undisciplined and our inabilities to be consistent. Um, so, and I'm also, I'm reading like three or four books on sleep and peak performance. So why we sleep speaks to how the brain activity based on blue light and being on your phone before you go to sleep. Um, the one book now, uh, uh, Peak Performance, talks about uh, the buckets of sleep, sleep duration, sleep quality. I'm doing uh, I'm doing Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. Okay, okay, yeah, that's a good one. 
That's a good one. You did it on yeah. the end? Yeah. You did yeah. I, I started. I ain't finished it. Okay. I got to finish it. I'm on it now. I'm on it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, sleep quality. So, there's a difference between sleep and rest. Because you can be sleep and not and get no rest. Rest. No rest because your brain is still active. Your brain is still taking in those sounds. So, people are like, I got to go to sleep with the TV on. Your brain is still reacting to those sounds. To what, what it and is. And the lights. And the lights. So I and this is what this is what we tell our our athletes. Blackout curtains. Okay, stop, stop, stop. What do I got in my room? Blackout curtains, right? Okay. You see the tape? You see the tape on the on the light switch on on the on the on the fire alarm, on the smoke alarm? Oh yes, I love it, yes. There's tape on the on the on the smoke alarm. I put tape over the um the um the light in the room. And I close my closet door. When the lights go out, my room is pitch totally black. Pitch, pitch black dark. Otherwise, you cannot. You, can't, you can't sleep. You can't get rest. You can't rest. get rest. You sleep, but you're not getting maximum rest. Your your mind is 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 responding to all of those senses, and those that's when all the external stimuli is stimulating you. That's it. Um. So, and I I like I tell them set the mood. For you to go to sleep just like we set the tone for we call it prep prep work you can call it uh movement you can call it whatever before you get before you know what i'm saying hype music whatever you do before some activity right ramp you, set you, up. The tone. you set the tone for that for what you're about to do wrap you down you wrap you down so cool down so i tell them set the mood get a stretch in Take a nice hot shower, nice hot bath. Make sure the room is pitch black dark. Shut it down an hour and a half, two hours before you get ready to go to sleep. Stay off your phone, stay off your computer. I mean, you're not missing anything. You look, you've been doing the same thing you're doing all day, scrolling up and down your phone. Um, and if you say you want to be an elite athlete, this is what is required. This is the choice you made. We didn't make this choice. You said you want to be a D1 athlete. You said you want to, you know, get that scholarship. Can you do it without it? Yes. But now you're making yourself susceptible to injury. And you're making yourself susceptible to the person who is. Exactly. Because because the yeah, person... Yeah, things change. Let me, let me say that, Coach. Things change. When, when I was coming out of school, you were just competing with the dudes in the United States. No, now you now you competing with the guy who's doing Senegalese wrestling in Senegal. No. Now you competing with the with the Russian kid who's who's a Greco-Roman wrestler that one of the coaches is looking at saying he could play D-line. Absolutely. Now you compete with the, with the track and field kid from from mm. another country. Now you compete because they're looking they're just looking at athletes and talent and they're looking yep. at talent pools. Yep. And they, they are they will grab a kid who's playing rugby in Australia and developing and bring them over here to play college football and develop them yeah it's a global you you compete in a global pool now which is different than when we competed so this now you 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 list your chances you know uh, so I, I to any to any high school athlete college athlete I would simply say, 
everybody's training. Everybody's doing, you know, workouts because that's that, that's the popular thing now. I got to work out so I can post my video. But what are you doing when you're away? I tell them, I'll eat your opponent and I'll sleep your opponent. I'll eat your opponent, not meaning, oh, I'm going to go binge eat and eat McDonald's and Zaxby's and Cane's and, and, and in and out but providing nutrients to your body that allows you to sleep, allows you to move better, give you a better quality of life so, so that you're healthy and so that you can perform because being able to perform on the elite level is about repeatability. How often can you perform at this level for how long? Because a lot of times it really is not about the performance. Can you put these performance together? Back to back to back to back to back. Can the coach count on you and be consistent on a Tuesday night? And can you put that same performance together again on a Saturday night? It really boils down to what you do in between Tuesday and Saturday. So if your sleep habits are terrible, if you if your body is be, or is malnourished, if you're dehydrated, then the likelihood of you recovering and being able to play that Saturday or have a repeat performance is slim to none to perform at that level. The level that you is required, one, and the level that you said you want to play because you got to dominate. There's no more victories. You don't just go out on the corner and be like, you know what? I'm going out here to, you know, get a mere 10, 10 and 5. Or I'm going to go out here, you know, I'm going to try to, I don't know what the terminology knowledge is in wrestling, but I'm going to go out here and I'm going to just win a couple matches and see what I can get. Because in our line of work, coming from where we come from in wrestling or in football, if you go out there half-telling, you'll get hurt. No, you, you, no you're going to get hurt. You will get hurt. All of, all of us all of us have seen people who like, can't walk anymore. You know, and it's real. It's real. It's not it's in, 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 in real time, for the average citizen, it won't hurt right now, but it will because this, it becomes the compound effect, the domino effect. So this domino gets bigger and bigger as time progresses, but eventually it'll catch up to you. Um, I just I think it's super important, and I I want to keep it simple that you eat nutritious food and you get rest. That's I mean because now is the time where you're doing all of the growth for high school athletes. This is when you you are making those adaptations, and everything is a stimulus. Anything that is is anything that you are around externally. Is stimulating those neural adaptations and whatever it is that you're doing. So sleep, one, is the most important. Food, water. I tell you what. So we got. You, you mentioned these, these things. We mentioned food, sleep, mindset, movement, and recovery. And we covered food. Mm -hmm. And we covered we we covered sleep just now. Mm -hmm. but I think. And our and what, what we what we teach is people don't understand that sleep and recovery there's some crossover. Right. They're different. Different. Totally so, different. Speak to speak to recovery, the importance of recovery, and and how it differs from sleep for the you know for, for athletes, especially those right. athletes who are 
and for those people who are listening, man, if you you a high school athlete getting ready for college or think you want to play D one, the things that he's mentioning, he's not talking about push ups, sit ups, squats, and running. He's not what we're talking about. He's talking about the 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 intangible tangibles, yeah. the the things that require discipline. Yeah. Like you can't you can't have any discipline unless you're a disciple. Yeah. Like you got to be a disciple to the process. And the, and, the, and, the, and the discipline is the athletic discipline. Can, am I disciplined enough to to look at the food choices and, and ask myself, is this life or is this death? Is it death? Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. So if I go life and death, Ruben, if I, if I give you an apple or a pizza, which one is life? Apple. It's, it's very simple. If I if I give you a Big Mac, all right, and I give you a, and I give you a, a Snickers bar. After a workout, which one is life and which one is death? It would be Snickers. Right, it would be because you can't eat peanuts. It would be the Snickers bar. <laughs> Understanding the timing and yes, and that's, absolutely. And that's going to move us into the the discussion of recovery, man. So go. So recovery and sleep. Recovery happens during sleep, right? It can happen during sleep, but recovery and sleep are interdependent on one another. Now recovery can be, is an umbrella where a lot of things can fall. So we have active recovery, we have passive recovery, and there are a lot of modalities and methods that you can use to recover. Go ahead, coach. Go ahead, coach. <laughs> for, for, and, and I mean, with technology, so much has changed now where you got cryotherapy, hydrotherapy, you got acupuncture, you got cupping, things that have been around for centuries, things that have been used and utilized for centuries, but now they're starting to be integrated and applied, sometimes in a in a in a uh, uh, they're they're applied in a systematic fashion. So some have a formula. If you, you know, what I'm saying, if you do two, two or more of these uh, modalities, you know, after a workout, then you, there's an eighty percent chance that you you have a faster recovery rate. Which, you know, I don't think I really subscribe to because I understand that psychologically, you have to do something that you like. So. Telling someone to go take an ice bath may put them in their sympathetic more than their parasympathetic nervous system. And if you know the sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight, and that elicits a stress response. If I want my athlete to relax and calm down, put them in an ice bath is going to elicit the opposite response of what I want. While there are benefits to the ice bath, and I get it. I err on the side of how we are wired, and they and, and they may not be ready for that. They may not be ready for that exposure. Eighteen and twenty-two, they might not want that. They so might the not might elicit a better response. And again, information is not always a bad thing. Chronic information is. Your body is going to recover regardless. Your body is wired to recover. Your body is is wired to heal itself. We are wired to heal ourselves. So let's say I got an athlete, you know, who doesn't like the cold tub. We don't have another independent. It depends on timing. It depends on 
you know, intensity of training, a lot of a lot of variables you gotta factor into it. But if it's just practice, yeah, go get in the hot tub. Hot tub is fine. Relax your muscles. I want you to relax. I want you to be as relaxed as possible. This is when you're gonna do most of your recovery. Also, then understanding, now you gotta replenish your nourishments. This is your, your nourishment, so this is how you recover. Because I need good blood, good oxygen flow, good blood supply. I need water in order for me to recover. Keeping it simple. Right. I got to I gotta replenish my glycogen storages. I need good minerals, good vitamins, things that allow my body to build, rebuild itself. Because again, like I said, we are wired to recover. We are wired to heal ourselves. So the food I eat, now, as an athlete, can I get away with McDonald's? Yes, you can get away with McDonald's in between, your youth. Between, thank you. In like, your youth. And that's the thing. That, that is, that is the difference with, that's the difference with, when you're training college athletes, or you're training high school athletes, there are things that you can allow. You have to kind of let them, these are the, these are, and this is a, this is a strength and conditioning discussion for people who are interested in doing stuff like that or if you're interested in being an athlete or strength and conditioning coach. When when Coach Pugh writes his programs, he starts out with the workout. Yep. When you train people who are over 25 or elite level athletes, I start out with the rest and the recovery first. Got to. I say, what days are you, are you going to take off? Yep. Here are our mandatory Massage times, mandatory yep. recovery times. If the person's married, this is your mandatory date night. Yep. What time does your spouse want you free? I start with that landscape and then I fill in. Yep. College athletes, we start with class schedule, which they already have blocked out because they know what the practice schedule is. Yep. And we put in based off of that. And then we work around because physiologically we're dealing with different things. Different now. Things. Here's what you find, Rufus. When you see that young kid yoked up at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, it's because they put some of the professional level practices in early because they've either listened to somebody or their parents have hired somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I get exactly what you're saying. They hire somebody. Those are the people who they, they put premium food in their house. Yep. They tell their kids to go to sleep at a certain time. They understand the benefits of recovery. So they get the kids up and they make the kids stretch. Do you understand what I'm saying? They got good guidance. They take they taking heed to wise counsel. And they, and and that, and that move and that moves me into this point that I want to take you into because you're talking about food, sleep, recovery, and then you talked about wise counsel, which falls under mindset. Man. How do you encourage a young athlete to do the things that you are saying and to have that mindset shift? I don't like to get too philosophical, but if I was talking to Rufus, I would just say before anything manifests in the physical, it has to exist in the mental. You have to see it. You have to want it here first before you ever see it play out 
in the physical realm. And I don't know what who what people's religious beliefs are, but when God did anything, he spoke it first. He said it first. And then it was. Just let there let there be light. And there was light. There was light. Let there be and was, meaning that it had already happened. Now it exists. He saw that it was good. So you have to speak it first, but if you if you're not thinking about it, if you think it, you say it. If you say it, you'll do it. So I put them in the mindset of Okay, what do you say you want? What are the things that you're inclined to, to have? And are you willing to do the things that are required of you, that are asked of you, that are demanded of you to be in this position? Who is your idol in this in this profession? I looked at the Ray Lewis and Lawrence Taylor. I wanted to emulate them in their practices. So where does your mind where does your mind have to be? And I remember in, in, in high school and college, I Kobe Bryant was like my favorite all-time athlete. Not because of his physical attributes and what he did, it's because of his mind and what how he thought and his determination, um, his willingness to be different, his willingness to put the work in and not care if he was liked, not care about anything. Are you willing to be that? Are you willing to put the time in? Um, because we talk a lot about trusting the process, but trust takes time. Trust takes a whole hell of a lot of t more time than we think it does. So, and if you really look at that phrase, tr trust the process, process itself denotes the passage of time. So what you, you're not just saying trust the process, you're saying trust the time. Trust the time that it takes to become what it is that you want to become. But how can you become something? How can you commit to something that you're not willing to invest in? If you're not willing to invest in yourself, if you're not willing to invest in your body because you are a CEO now. You are the CEO of your body. CEO of your body. Of your body. If you are not willing to take care of your body, then you do not deserve the fruits of your labor. Because I can give you a, a I can give you Promise that these athletes make millions of dollars based off their physical abilities, what they're able to do on a nightly basis, weekly basis, yearly basis. I can give you that means that $40 million contract, and it's great now. But once your health is gone, once your movement is gone, once your your thought process is fogged, you don't want that money. That money means absolutely nothing. You want your health. 
health is the most important. So our mindset has to be fixed on, like you said, being disciples, being disciplined. And there's a lot of overlap, overlay, inter interdependentness in all of these areas, but they all fall back on principles because I, I don't like philosophy. I like principles. I like being founded in principles because principles, you can never go wrong. Philosophies change. I can pick and choose whatever philosophy I want to pick. But if I'm grounded in principle, if I'm grounded in being disciplined, I'm grounded in building solid habits and being consistent in these acts, then I can't stray. Because if I choose one thing to do right, that one thing is going to trickle down into the next thing. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Excuse me? <laughs> how you do one thing is how you do everything. Now, now who was talking to you about that last, the night before last? No, and who else? No. Poppy. And that's what Poppy was slapping the table and getting so upset, all right? Yes. Because it, it's not about you waking up in the morning and it's not about you pursuing judo or football or wrestling. It's not about any of that. The thing about it is it's a skill that you have to learn because how you do this one thing so how you gonna do everything else? Everything now. How you how you wash those dishes? If you half-ass those dishes, you gonna half-ass them on the field. You gonna cut corners. You gonna cut corners in the math class. You gonna ride the bike and take the shortcut. Like because that's who you are until you until you have a when your mind is shit, you need to have a mind shift. Yep. Because when your mind is shit, you will produce shit. shit. When, you can't you have a mind, when you have a mind shift, you can become the shit. Yep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Now, here's what I want to say. I'm going to piggyback off of, of Coach Pugh. And you got to the discussion late. He played in the NFL. He's also the, the strength and conditioning coach, one of the strength and conditioning coaches at the University of Maryland. He also went to Howard University after Daddy. Daddy used to go back and speak to his team and that 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 uh that motivational speech that I gave at Howard University, the one that's famous, I'm talking about him in there. He was sitting in there. He's a future Howard University Hall of Famer. Played in the All-Star game. He wanted the best to ever do it. And I don't I need not tell you what fraternity he's in. Okay. Cause you already what? No. You already know. Right. So there's a thing about we got to say it, believe it, write it, and work it. Mm -hmm. That's what you told me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I gotta say it mm -hmm. because life and death is in the power of the tongue. No, right. I got, I got to believe it because without faith, nothing ain't gonna work. Nothing ain't gonna work. Right. Without faith works. It's all dead. It's all dead. I got to write it because you got to write the vision and make it, make it plain. I got to see it because I, I still got to see it. I got to see. And then I got to work it because the faith without the work, work is dead. dead. Right. So, so all of these. None of these things can live without these four things. And when you look at the word become, Jesus. When you look at the word become, you have to be the thing that's on the way. Jesus. Now, the only way for you to be the thing that's on the way is you need to act like you already have yeah. it. And in order for you to act like you already have it, you got to say that you got it. You got to believe that you have it. 
you got to write down that you have it already and then you have to work like you have it and then you will become who you're supposed to be and when you do all those things you change your verbiage you change how you speak and in changing how you speak and you change how you think you change how you interact so you you what i find myself saying is oh i i i gotta go work out because when you say i got to go work out you're putting a negative connotation to it saying that it's a burden it's burdensome for me to go work out instead of putting in the turn of a term of positivity and affirmation saying i get to go work out it's a privilege for me to go work out because there are young men and women who are starving there are young men and women who don't have the opportunities that you have there are young men and women who have who have transitioned on into another realm they don't have these opportunities they don't have these privileges because it's not a right it's a privilege it's a privilege so you get to go work out you get to read you get to eat you get to play with your friends. You get to practice and, and, and roll around on the mat. Um, you get to, I don't know what they what y'all call it in judo, coach. Beat people ass. Beat, you get to beat people ass, right? You get to, you know what I'm saying, shoot the basketball. You get to, you know what I'm saying, do skill drills. You get to do these things. And when you change how you think about it, you change how you see it. When you change how you see it, you change your action towards it because you appreciate it so much more. And if you don't appreciate it, the things that you appreciate, di- di- disappreciate will be taken away from you. Because now, you're taking it for granted. We don't we don't want to preach this thing, but we will. Yeah. Okay. We talked about be calm. We talked about say it, believe it, write it, work it. All right. Now, when you start doing all these things, you start asking for different things. When you start focusing on your food and your sleep and your recovery, you start making, you start asking for different things. You ask your mom, you ask your dad for different stuff. Because the the, the, the books say you have not. Because you ain't not. Because you ask not. Now, it's very difficult for you to ask for that which you don't want. When you say things differently, when you believe something, when you write it differently, when you work it differently, when you understand what you want to become, you start asking for those things. Because whether you know it or not, you're making a request to the universe, the universe. through your behavior. Yep. So when you log on and you get on Snapchat, what you tell them the universe is, I want to communicate on Snapchat. Can I, may I communicate on Snapchat? The universe says yes. Absolutely. Hey, when you turn the phone off at a certain time, you say tell the universe, "May I rest so that I can recover? I can recover, so that I can, so that I can get the opportunity to work out in the morning." And the universe gonna give you anything, get everything you ask for. But people don't understand. There's two type of communication, basically. There's verbal, and there's nonverbal. non-verbal. And you asking the universe and your behavior. Yep. 50, 50, 55% of human communication is nonverbal. Watch this. Okay. I didn't say nothing to you, did I? But how do you know I want you to come in? Because of your actions. And I don't, we don't, we don't trust, 
we don't trust. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't trust words. We trust behavior. We trust patterns. So let me let me let me say let, let, let me say I don't want to let me say food, sleep, mindset, recovery, and the last one was movement. Nothing happens until something what? Some move. Some move. Some gotta move. You gotta make a move. And we don't you don't trust we don't trust behavior. I mean we don't trust words, we trust actions. Because in your actions, you're telling me one what you want. Talking to me loudly when you act. <laughs> you're screaming. I heard what you said. Holler. I heard yeah. what you said, but I'm seeing what you do. What? Watching what you do. So you're telling me what you want, but you're also telling me what you value, where your value is. What are you willing to invest? So you know, high school kids, they, they constantly trust the process, trust the process. One, you can't trust the process because you hasn't you haven't put the time in to the process. You're not willing to invest the time to make the transformative effort, which is not overnight, but it is overnight. Because you're not gonna just do one thing today and expect it to happen tomorrow. That's just not how life works. Everything is secular. Everything, everything goes through a process. I don't care how quick, quick it is. I don't care how long it takes. But I, one thing I can assure you is the process is going to determine the outcome, the result at the end. The process determines the product. Man, listen. I, coach, I know I saw you looking at your watch, and I know we got to. No, 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 you, I'm good. No, my, my, somebody sent me a notification. I'm good. I got time. That's good for me too. But listen, we covered we covered food, sleep, mindset, movement, recovery, and you you change you you change something that that I do now because I'm older than you are, man. So some of my some of my tools and skills are rooted and a demographic that doesn't exist anymore. Right, right, right. Why I say there's things that you teach me. Right. So I'm old school. I'm getting up talking, you know, I'm I'm Hulk Hogan, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Bang in the weight room. Right, but, right. Which is what I want to say. It's on the strength and conditioning side is, um, The, 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 the preparation of the preparatory movement before we even start to move what we need to do be before we even start to train or before I can even have those conversations of hey man the road is free put your shoes on go outside for a run where they are now they need to have the discussion of food sleep mindset movement recovery yep Larry can you go can you turn your phone off and go to sleep on time can you go to sleep on time better decisions with your food yep. can you can you work can you get some more movement in during the day yep can you focus on on your recovery yep. i don't know what recovery is you google every damn thing else yep. can you work on your mindset now yep. watch this out watch this out watch this out for christmas 
Now you know why. I bought you a what? No, not only that, I bought you an alarm what? Watch, watch, watch now, watch that, watch because you, you didn't, I know you didn't had this discussion with your athletes who all said, I used my phone for an alarm. Watch now. When I buy you an alarm clock, $10, you don't really understand the value of it. I take notes when you're talking to me. When you're talking to an expert, take notes. All right. You take no expert. You said what? I said, I ain't no expert. Listen, you an expert in your space. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Listen, to a five-year-old, you an expert on how to tie shoes. <laughs> That's right. I, you don't need to be no PhD in shoe tying to teach somebody how to tie the shoes. That's right. That's right. Have, have you been to the NFL? I have. You want to go? Yes. Have you played D1 football? I have. Do you want to go? Yes. Were you all conference? Yes, sir. You want to be all conference? Yes. Were you all state? Yes, sir. You want to be all state? Yes. You got a scholarship? Yes, sir. You want a scholarship? Yes. He's a goddamn expert. <laughs> so, listen. <laughs> so, listen. For, for this right here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. right. So, this right here. Okay. That's a trap. We say it's a, it's trap. a trap. It's a trap house. It's a trap it's house. It's the trap house, man. Yeah, man. Hey, let, let, uh, uh, right what the what them cars they got? Uh, them hot cars where they leave the door unlocked and they, and they leave the key in the ignition <laughs> and people go get them joints and the door lock on them. Lock on them. It's a trap. It's a trap. Now, it's a good tool. Now here's the problem with this. Okay, here's the problem. If you know how to use it, here's the problem with this. This here, how much does the iPhone cost, Rufus? Um, Between $800 and $1,200. Yep. Will you please, Keith Pugh, tell me what toy you had growing up that cost, huh? $800, I ain't, I ain't $1,200. None. I ain't had none. These children walk around with an $800, $1,200 toy. Some of them say, oh, mine ain't number 600 I ain't had near to it. It was $600. I had $600, $800, $1200. Now, understand this. And you're not going to sit there and lie. When, have you ever been on Google Scholar? No. No. You've been on Google? Yeah. Okay, so Google Scholar is where you find the answers to your questions. See, Google ain't got no answers for you. Google Scholar got the answers. Google has some answers. Google Scholar has the answer. The answer. Difference in nomenclature. The difference, right. Difference in nomenclature. Right. When you you Google, you Google. When I Google, I get on Google Scholar. Like, he gets on Google Scholar. When he's looking at the research to help him write the program, we get on Google Scholar. So you can ask Siri. Siri is going to guide you to Google or Wikipedia. You, you ask Siri, she pull up Wikipedia for you, don't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wikipedia ain't, you can't use Wikipedia in no research paper? No. Absolutely not. There's a way that you can use this. Man, this, for movement, this has apps on it where you can you can chart your steps. You can map my walk, map my run, movement apps for food, calorie counters, Fitbit, Fat mm-hmm. Secret apps for 
for recovery. They got recovery. Yes. They got stretching app where you can stretch your whole and stretch. Sleep, sleep apps. Sleep quality. They got, but for mindset, you can pull up YouTube, look up some good mindset. Did your daddy buy you some mindset CDs? Did you listen to them? No. Did you listen to them? No. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. Then it's not bad. I'm not getting on you. I just want you to understand that every world-class athlete, you talked to Coach Pep Hamilton too, you met Jimmy Johnson, Super Bowl champ, also a bruh. Every, every person I put you in front of, they're they giving you some tips on what you need to do. Poppy just slapped you in the head, don't it? Yes. Right, because that Poppy, old school, so he, he probably believes that's neurological recalibration. He <laughs> need to get you right. Probably just gonna slap the shit out you. He ain't got time for all this here. He he not talking to you. Yeah. He told you one, I'm gonna tell you one time. One time, and I'll, after that, he gonna ask you, did you get up in the, and then he, that's, that's, that's exactly it. what he do, right? Right, because he don't have time for all that. See, I, the new wave, We I talk more, and he talk more than I do now. And he gotta talk to the people differently, and y'all be like, I, I would somebody sent me an article that some coach got fired because they said she was emotionally abusive. Oh yeah. I don't well, know how they do it these days. Listen, no, and listen, I, I I don't coach to um you know I don't coach to Olympic level athletes no more, right? I stop. I, I stop. Yeah. They, I stop they, because they soft these days, boy. Soft and wet tissue. I listen, I'm talking about different. It's it's very different. Different. And they swear they getting it. They different. I had to tell. I, I told someone. I said, "Son, I said I don't care how tough you think you are as a running back. If you line up in front of Jack Tatum, that boy gonna take your head off. But he'll knock your penis inside out. And then, and then he gonna dare your mama to say something. And then, and then, then, then your daddy to say something. Say something. So you, you think these, these people, these people not playing no games with you? They're not playing no games with you. And what he's, what he's giving you." are the, what we call the soft tools, okay? They're soft tools, they're hard tools, but there's also soft tools. The bottom line is, if you're a high school athlete and you listen to this, if you cannot do the soft tools, if you can't eat right, sleep, move more, do the recovery and work on your mindset, you can forget about the rest. Now, here's the thing. You might be able to not do those things and still get a scholarship. But it's gonna catch up with you. But it's gonna impact you when you wanna do it afterwards. Everybody gonna have that time when they snap that, they put that chin strap on for the last time, they hear that click, click. Click and it's the rep. And let me tell you something, you didn't know when it was your last time putting it on. You don't know when it's your last time. You don't know when your last time. You thought you had another one. Thought you got you thought you had one more day. Thought I, maybe the CFL would get me. Maybe I get one over here, and and he was like, I don't want to do no arena football. I'm good with that. But I know I can play. I didn't see what they got in there. I know I can get it. No, I got it. But if that phone stop stop ringing. You never know. You never know. And the harsh reality is, you can do just about everything right, and you, you still have it chopped away from you. But I'd much rather do it the right way and cut corners and say, what if? And say, what if? Because at least I know I gave it everything I had. I did everything to the best of my ability that I could have done with the resources that I had. So that's Even no stern, no turn.
that's what we got on the high school athletes. So now really, when I say quick, let's do it in about five to seven minutes, and then we'll close it off. What is your advice to collegiate athletes? And this, and, and what are you recommending without, you know, giving away some of the stuff that you guys are doing at University of Maryland? What are you doing right now in this COVID-19 situation to make sure that your athletes arrive on campus in the fall, no matter when that date is, in, in shape and ready to work? Can we, can we pause real quick so I can use the restroom? Yes, sir. So what you got, man, on the uh, for some advice for the collegiate athletes, man, the college athletes going through this particular coronavirus situation, and you're trying to make sure that your team or, or that you, you, you need to make sure that your team, your teams, your athletes are ready to go, man, in, in the fall. What can what advice can you give some of the, uh, I guess, some of the kids out there? And, and we, they, we, they always tell us, when, when I was coaching college, I always tell us, man, don't call these people kids, they're young adults. Yeah, young adults, right? You got they, they tell you that too, right? They tell you that yeah, too. They right term on it. Yeah. yeah, they put it, but they they kids though. <laughs> they still trying to figure out life out. We still trying to figure life out. <laughs> um, I I would simply say to them, one is 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 your mindset mentality. You know, be where you are now and do the best that you have because if if you don't take care of yourself mentally, then physically, emotionally, you're not even going to be ready nor prepared to come back and return to any kind of performance or play because you're going to be so out of whack. And I think for the most part, we've done a great job uh, in this world, in this society of compartmentalizing things and putting them in as far as the, how the body operates when everything is interconnected. And all they're, they're interchangeable and in have in the inner in the inner in in working. So if I'm not ready mentally, I'm not emotionally. This has an effect on my body physically. So you, your mind got to be right first. Now I would, I would just start with the mind. Um, I will make. I'm telling them to 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 be where you are, do the best that you have with what you have, because everybody's situation is different. Um, you know. And there's an old story about a kid who didn't eat um, in elementary or in middle school, who didn't eat, you know what I'm saying, who slept on the hard floor, who was wearing the same clothes for seven days, um, but the teacher yelling at him for not having a pencil. That kid don't care about that pencil. This kid is hungry. This kid is emotionally distressed. This kid is needs shelter, right? This kid cares nothing about a pencil. So I try to connect with them on a as a human first, what do you need? How can I help you? Um, because people don't want to, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So, so if I care first, they're more apt and more willing to share their story with me and they're more willing to dive in and to do, you know, the program that I've prescribed for them. Uh, so I try to tap in with them emotionally. And I also, you know, try not to blow their phone up because I know our athletes, most athletes, they have a ton of coaches reaching out to them. You know, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and give them the best tools available to say, look, this is what you need to do because this is what you said you wanted to go. And I trust you. I want to put the onus on you because this is what we've been able to do in the past. Um, but I've shared with them, look, now is the time where you get the butter from the duck. 
because it's easy to do it when you got gyms open, you know, you have the resources. Are you willing to put that same effort and energy in when you don't have? Can you do it with less? Are you willing to load up that suitcase and do those squats? <laughs> Are you willing, you know what I'm saying, to hit the road? The road is free. Find you a hill. Are you willing to do those step-ups on the stairs? Are you willing to do those push-ups? Are you willing? This this is where your HBCU experience comes into play. Comes into hand because you you we we used to doing uh, more with less. We we've always operated from a deficit. So to you, this is business as usual. You're like, hey, I haven't had it anyway, so I still got to do it. For the you know, what I'm saying for a lot of athletes, this is a change of pace, especially across the BCS. Um, championship division, championship levels. You don't have those high-tech facilities now. You don't have all that technology. You got to get back to brass tactics. You got to get back to the fundamentals. Um, and this is the basis of, of our training is keep it simple. Keep it simple. We're just going to change different variations throughout the progression, but we're going to keep it simple. Because now everything that we do in our in our program you can do at home. Everything. There's nothing that you can't do in our weight room that you can't do at home. You just may not have the tools readily available and accessible to you that we have in our weight room. Might have a different way to load yourself, but you can do the same things at home. Now it comes down to, are you disciplined? Are you willing to develop the habits and the routines to put yourself in the best position possible? when this is all over. And it starts starts with your mental. Um, so I start with the mental. I lay on, you know what I'm saying, being disciplined in the programming that, that I rolled out for them, which is it, it's not much. And any strength coach can tell you there's, there's nothing sexy about this program. There's nothing sexy about most programs. Most successful six exercises, exercise, a couple supplementals, and let's go to work. That's it. Let's go to work. Is is nothing sexy about you know most the most effective strength and conditioning programs like that IG stuff. It looks great mm-hmm. on camera. It looks good. It's cool, but that's not what win ball games. That's not what makes you a better athlete. That's not what gets you stronger. That's not what allows your body to perform at a high level. Most of those things are arbitrary, and they are they are so left field at best. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Some of some of just straight bullshit. To be honest with you, let me tell you something. Yeah. People ask me about yeah, but what what about movements? What about specificity to training? I say um, as you get higher in your sport. You get your specificity of training in, in your sport. sport, in your sport, playing your sport. I, I tell people, I said, it's as simple as this. I said, man, when I was lifting, okay, all right, it was squat, yep. bench, yep. dead, yep. and cleans. Yep. And it was a compendium of the movement because I wasn't, I'm not an Olympic level weightlifter, so I'm doing clean pulls. That's it. You, the, the spending the time trying to learn how to do a perfect clean is taken away from the time that I have. I just the triple extension from the left of the ankle, the knee, 
That's it. I can also get it from weighted squat jumps or weighted jumps. Everything that you got on on that perfect power clean from that those movements. I'm just trying to suck the most out of the movement possible for what when you that's all you need for collegiate athletes. That's it. When you start dealing with professional athletes, you gotta pull a little bit neurologically for them because they need to now, how can I maximize what I saying, what Usain Bolt has without hurting him? So yep. I can't I can't make Usain Bolt squat six hundred pounds, even even if he could do it, yep. because I don't want the wear and tear on him. So what do I do? I put Usain Bolt on a single leg. That's it. You work make it leg squats with weight to, yep. to work on inter and intramuscular coordination, neuromuscular adaptation. So when you get to that end, you got to start doing things a little bit different based up on the athlete that you're working with. And it demands the benefit. But in that 14 years old to 22 years old, listen to me you, very carefully. You, you need to be doing the fundamentals. You need to be doing it. Listen, you need you need to be able to squat. That's it. You need to push. You need to be able to pull. And this is and this is what I, this is what I tell them. And we look, I look at it this way, squat, lunge, press, pull, carry. I, 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 I would, and if you look at any solid program. And a, and a little bit of rotation. And a little rotation, a little rotation. If you look at any solid program, there's multiple exercises with one or two, three of those components. Correct. There's a squat pattern, there's a lunge, there's a press, there's a pull, there's a carry, there's rotation. I don't care how you get it, but you're doing one of those, you're doing a couple of those things in every program. Correct. So between 14 and 22, you need to be able to squat bilaterally, you need to be able to lunge, you need to be able to do some push-ups. Now, what you can do is what we call tweakology, is we just change the variation, change the angle. We just change the tempo, change the intensity, cut down the rest time. Change the load. Speak up the volume, peak up the volume. So, you know, Monday might be a moderate day. Wednesday will be a high neural day. So that'll be a, an intense day. We, we talk about we going hard in the paint. And then Friday, we going for our central governor. We, we trying to tap out. Now, given what we have, the tools that you have might not be available, but the methods always, always there. You always got the methods, always got the methods. Um, so if you, if you, you know, and there's no secret, that's, that's all we're doing here. We're going to squat, we're going to push, we're going to pull, and we're just going to find different ways to do it. Right. Just gonna find different ways to do it, and you know, going into the summer, you know, and I'm glad you touched on that the, the expression of power because Olympic weightlifting is exactly what that is. Olympic. There, there are people who train. <laughs> there are people who train their entire lives to perfect these techniques. If you are proficient in teaching those techniques, 
kudos to you if your athletes have the mobility if they have the proficiency in those movements more power to you but that takes a great deal of teaching and you have to be a technician at time a lot of what we don't have is time when we have 20 40 60 athletes so what are we going and, and this is what are we what's the what's the end goal what are we spending the bulk of our time, what time on? here's what people don't realize when coach pew sits down and makes a program or i make a program that's what we call a chronological landscape that we're working yep. with so from now until the season ends with that athlete that yep. calendar is already set already set already set what we put in there is based upon the time that we have. Well, I can't. Some, some, sometimes you got sixteen weeks. Sometimes twenty-four weeks. Sometimes forty weeks. Depending on the sport. Yep. Depending on the sport. I can't spend my time using okay. three and four and five weight room sessions teaching you how to power clean. Nope. Nor can't I. Nor can I spend the volume of work on teaching you how to power clean and making you to sometimes you can yep. once they've mastered some other stuff if you have somebody who's going to spend their time to do it or, or some parents did it for their kids early which they do some people got means they learned early but most of the time say what do i what does this lift provide and what do i need what well, do i need from it i gotta get triple extension how can i get that triple extension i need i need to get what i can get from the second pool yep so do i need to rack it Nope. Am I do do I rack it on the on a basketball court? Are you racking it on the on the football field? I, you know, are you are you, <laughs> you stopping the stopping the bat or the barbell when you swing through? No, no. So, so, so can I use the push press? Of course. Absolutely. Can I use the push press? Yes. Can I use a sand bell? Yes. Can I use a, a basketball? Can I use a weight vest? Can I use a suitcase? Can I use a kettlebell? And, and I get triple system, all that. And all I that. And I don't have to teach the power clean. Right. And I don't have to wear and tear on my wrist. I don't have the, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to load my spine. I, you know, I can I can keep my joints fresh. And that, that was something, because I trained the basketball team too at Towson State. What I had to learn was, because I'm old school, and I'm, yeah. I, I think, I thought everybody had squat. Yeah. Man, basketball players, some of them cannot Squat. Oh, you'll be surprised. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Right, anatomically, yeah, anatomically, they're just they're at a six eight, six. They got six, long femurs, long torsos. Yeah, it's it's. They can squat the warm up. They can use the stick and do the overhead squats for the whole body work. But you got you load them up. You got to put them on the leg press, buddy. That's it. That's unless it. you want to get fired. Fired. Unless you don't like your job. Because when they come to practice and they talk about my back hurt, they don't want to hear nothing about the back's a muscle too. You get over it. Let me tell you something. I can't move. Listen, you, I can't move. Listen, we know they need sets of twenty and sometimes thirties. You better get in people sets of eight and sets of six. Let's get believe. strong and let them play. Exactly. If you mess around and mess up that coach's opportunity for practice, they're gonna let you go. Oh, yeah, it, it, it depends on the demand of the sport, man. You have to, you got to understand that. And that's why it's so, it's that principle because the philosophy for the longest has been, oh, you got to clean, you got to snatch, you got to squat, 
know what I'm saying? You gotta do trap, I mean, you gotta do heavy digs when most of your athletes that come in, they have no experience with the weight room whatsoever. So any any stimuli you apply to them, they're gonna adapt. They're gonna adapt. I could put I could put them on a general prep and they're gonna get they're going to have some hypertrophy because they're that's the adaptation. They're they're in the prime they're in the peak of newer adaptation. So understand it understanding your athlete. If you understand your athlete, understand the body type, understand what you're working with, understand the demands of the sport, um, you have you have a better idea of where you need to go with your program. And during this time for us, and I we've I've been on a number of Zoom calls with so many other uh, strength and conditioning coaches that you know we're all in the same we're all in agreement that this may be the best thing to happen to us from a sports standpoint as we're talking about the health and, and longevity of these kids where these kids you know they've been playing ball year round football basketball training seven on seven you know what i'm saying they don't rest they're loaded with the, the joints are loaded now you you know you got these got these kids that come to college having stress fractures, nagging injuries, you know what I'm saying? And yes, we're dealing with anomalies, but you still need rest, period. Machines need rest, machines have off buttons. Yeah, that, 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 was, my, that was my biggest, um, that was my biggest gripe with college coaches. Cause I, I've coached high school athletes Mm-hmm. I've also coached at the collegiate level and then I coach at the professional level and they're yeah. different. Yeah. All of them are different. Yeah. I I watch college coaches do things that are I say morally and ethically irresponsible. Not yeah. meaning yes, you can push that college athlete hard as hell and you can mm-hmm. bench press them to death and don't do any pulling movement so don't balance anything out don't do any yeah. rotator cuff movement and they'll be super strong but when they're done playing for you their bodies are shit terrible i think you have a responsibility to take care of this person yep. in their later years meaning help the human first yes when help the human first because they're not going to always play for you most most college athletes are done in four to five yep. period period you can't just train them train them train them and make them strong to use them on the field and then discard them then they got all of these Muscular imbalances, and like I could literally, we could literally squat somebody, squat them, squat them, squat them, squat them, squat them, squat them, make them super, super strong, and mess up their their um the muscular balance between their their quads and their hamstrings. It's already at three to two already. It's already at three to two. Now you keep going squat, squatting and squatting is a um quad glute dominant exercise, and you don't pay attention. You don't do ham declines. All you want to do is do hamstring curls. You can't do hamstring curls. You got to do blue ham declines. Right. You got to do the stability ball hamstring curls. You got to do the eccentric work. You got to do the eccentric work for the hamstring. But I can just make you strong and you can play and be okay. And then in later years, okay. ACL, Achilles. ACL injury. 
You out in the yard playing with your kids and pop. You don't realize you got the ACL injury because you, you, you're more quad dominant, no hamstring work. You got no brakes. Got no brakes. <laughs> and Post people chain shot. People don't realize that this happens. People don't realize when you have a collegiate soccer player, a female soccer player, a woman soccer player, when they come to university, the first thing that you got to do, you got to hamstring curl them to death. And I don't mean hamstring curl on the hamstring machine. Absolutely. You got to hip lift them on the stability ball. Yep. You got to work the way so they can do single leg hamstring curls. Yep. Because the rest of it, they're going to be okay. Yeah. They got to run and cut yeah. a, a collegiate soccer breaks. player. A collegiate soccer player, your job as a female collegiate soccer player, if you can keep that young lady on the field without an ACL injury, you have won. And and you have to look at the anatomical makeup of the, the woman. There, there's already a cute angle from the hips from the to hips. the hips. So they're already in valgus, right? And 80% of ACL injuries are non-contact across, wow. across the sport. Across the board. So, so now we are talking about, now you look at the demands of the sport. What are the demands of soccer? Changing direction, being agile. Sometimes, you know, within a week, you're talking about the volume of cutting between practice and the game in the upwards of 500 to 1,000 reps of just cutting and changing direction and breaking and bracing and absorbing force. So if you don't have those breaks, if you're so anterior dominant, when you're just used to going forward, 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 you never work the sagittal plane, you never work your posterior chain. And don't do, and, and, and have zero transverse work. No, no. You, you were, you might, you might as well get on 95, cut your brake line, <laughs> cut your brake line, get on 95, and just press the gas. Because you're going to get an accident. Absolutely. 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 They, 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 don't, they don't get that, and it's hard to explain that. And when you're dealing with female athletes, man, you got to look at them. Like, you got to look at them, look at them. Yeah. You got to look constantly, at them. You, you assess. And then reassess. It's no testing. Here's the thing. You get them at 17, they leave at 22. Yep. Anyone can look at their picture at 17, look at their picture at 22 and see how their bodies change. Change. When your hips start to change, yep. when, you start, when you increase in terms of the fatty tissue, in terms of your breasts, for some athletes, they do anyway. They, they have, right. Especially if they don't pay attention to their food. Yep. It changes the what we call a CLG, mm -hmm. the center of gravity. When the yep. center of gravity changes, it changes their movement and they don't even know it until know. until the, the, the tire blows yep. which is why we try to tell them and there's a, there's a fine balance with training a female athlete you can't push them toward the female triad yep. but at the same time you have to talk to them about nutrition yep. you can't body shame but at the same time the you, gotta, you, yes. you, gotta, you gotta talk to you have you have to talk to them about food can't you can't tell them what they should eat right but you have to give them guidelines on quality nutritional practices and it's so different because if they don't follow 
what you do in the weight room changes them. Everything, neurologically, hormonally. Hormonally. And, and like, uh, people underestimate, again, it, it, you know, I, I might sound like a, a broken record, man. I can spend hours on this, just like the, the importance of sleep in your mind and the hormonal, the hormonal responses it elicits neurologically when you when you don't sleep or when you feed the, the wrong foods or when you're not getting proper movement um and we're all hormonal i don't care what nobody says we all are emotional emotional beings right. um and our responses are wired or you know triggered by our hormones and the neurotransmitters that you know send signals from here to there and if one that's doing this then another hormone or another neurotransmitter got to do this for that that now your body's haywire now you got uh now you got a, a shit on to be honest with you um so understanding what makes them tick and when and if you know the right this is the right time for that because now you got to do you also got to do deal with uh women in their menstrual cycle Weight fluctuations. I don't know how you. Do, I don't know how it's done on the uh, university level. I, I know on the professional level, I will get blood work. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys do blood work in the university. I, I don't think. We, well, that's more I don't think right now. Right? I don't care right now. Yeah, that's that's more for. It's private. Yeah, it's private. We, yeah, so it had we, to be a doctor. Yeah, we got to do. We do blood work, and and I don't know if you have this discussion with with another. We I. I have to sit down and talk to a woman about when her menstruation cycle is. You have to. You have to. It, it's very difficult. And you got to put it on the calendar. Right. And work their program around it. And the coach needs to know, too, because there is a time period where the propensity towards ACL injuries increases because based upon hormonal release, everything, the joint, not the joints, but the, um, the tendons, ligaments get more lax yep, because, of, because of hormonal release because yeah. it's trying to prepare their bodies for some different things this happens monthly 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 and, 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 if, and if you, you have so important man if you have different requirements of them in the weight room and they still got another practice in the evening and they're fatigued under this relaxed state and they're not neurologically heightened as much as they need to be because they haven't slept Yep. They haven't been recovering, and then you didn't back down on the volume. Yep. Boom! Damn. It becomes a perfect storm. Perfect storm. So now you're talking about factors. It wasn't just in, you know, when we look at injury, we like to pinpoint injury as that event. As oh, oh, this is this is what caused that. No, but you don't take into the uh, account that. It just practiced three hours yesterday, three hours yesterday, the day, the day before that. They had got exam. two hours of sleep, had an exam. Broke up with their boyfriend. Broke up with their boy, right. They beefing with moms at home. Then you don't have enough money to eat. When you do eat, you eat garbage because now you're craving these 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 uh these um foods that lack nutrients, right? So you get just you just piling junk on top of junk on top of junk. Now you should create more cortisol. Cortisol. So now you highly, you highly stressed. Now, now you, now you in your sympathetic. When I need you to be in your parasympathetic. So the volume that I give you really doesn't matter. 
because now you're still stressed. You 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 and your body perceives this as stress. Um, now you're in a chronic state for chronic state of inflammation, so you're not recovering. Then you go out here and oh well, you know this person rolled their ankle or you know they pulled a hamstring. Man, it's, man, we it's it's more, it's, it's more to it than that. It, it's so deep. It's so deep, man. I try, I try to tell people you try don't blame the game on the kicker. Oh no, it's the third and seven that you let them pick up. Exactly. In the in the at the end of the second quarter, that cost everybody stressed. Everybody stressed. And now you want now you want to put on the kicker, the kick, right? All you do is kick. Well, all you do is tackle. That's it. You and you don't miss. You don't miss five of those. But he missed one kick. And he missed one kick. Him, right. All hell that broke loose. Oh man, look here. He got death fish. He can't ride back on the he bus. Can't get, he can't. He can't get on the bus. He can't get on the bus. <laughs> But they won't let him get on the bus. Oh man! Oh, but it, it's, it's, it's deeper. It's deeper than what what people think it is, and, and I think we have to understand it. And it's been a, one. It's been a privilege and a pleasure to to work with women athletes on this level because you get a different appreciation, respect. respect, and understanding of the demands of what's required of women and just women in sport, and then women in life in general. You know, I already think highly of women. Uh, to begin with, because of what they have to endure, just being a woman, uh, first and foremost. But to see them thrive in these different spaces on different platforms, uh, when in this time and era, and then being able to work with them, you know, firsthand and closely, you understand that they really are the shit. Right. You did. Um, they got a lot more shit to deal with athletically than men do. Yeah, and we do, right, right. Right, mm. right, right, right. Like, and, and it's, it, people are like, like what? Well, I'm not getting into that discussion right now because that's a whole nother podcast. I about to say, yeah, you trying. Right, no, but it's just that they are different. If you think that men and women are different, are, are the same in terms of the training process. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. Now, here's the thing. At the professional level, they get more similar. Yeah, more similar. Yeah. There, there are reasons for that that we're not going to talk about. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Basically, they become more masculine. Right. Right. Almost change. change. Almost change. Right. It's change. Right. You dealing with you dealing with athletes that low body fat. Yeah. Eileen muscle tissue. Yep. Different. Higher levels of testosterone. We all have testosterone. They have higher levels of, higher levels of testosterone. I like, I like it. They have, they have higher levels. Right. Exactly. Have higher levels of testosterone compared to the average woman. Compared Correct. to the average woman. They look like, they look like, no, they don't look like a man because it's no. something that makes a man look like a man. Right. They, right. they look like what they need to look like to do what they need to do. Job. Yep. And if they don't look like that, they can't do their job. They can't, they can't do their job. So don't worry about how you look. Yeah. Worry about how you do your job. Because yeah. you don't worry about how you look when you get dressed for work. Absolutely. You put on what you need to put on so you can go, go do, your, do your job. That's okay. it. Well, man, we, we we can end it on that, man. We had some, we had some, it was a good, it's a good talk, man. Good conversation. Look at I, we could talk all day. You already know that. Yeah, we, listen, it was... It was good, man. We talked about HBCU, just to, just to cover it again. We talked about your dad's influence, talked about work ethic, 
bathing yourself in the sport, being a ball boy. We talked about gender roles, things that you learn from growing up in a, in a Christian household, the strength of your mom, creating a overall a healthy human first, mm-hmm. and making sure that your athletes understand that you care about them and care for them. Um, and 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 doing what we call KLT, know, like, and trust. Your athletes need to know you. They need like, to like you. They need and to trust. trust. And, because tr- and, and you're talking about trust being a, in and of itself, being a process. And if you want them to, to trust the process, they got to first trust you. Then we talked about the important things, um, really for anybody, people who are what we call gen pop athletes, but more specifically, what we need to talk to or speak to. Coach, you talked about that upcoming high school athletes before they jump into the physical side and just start about thinking about lifting and running and everything else, pay attention to the gas that they put in their own personal car, which is their food. Pay attention to making sure they get a lot of sleep, make sure they get the, the right movement, uh, making sure that they that they do the recovery, the, the stretching and the, the foam rolling, the, the simple things that you can yep. do on your own. The little things. Right, and then changing your mindset and then changing your mindset by, by, by watching and becoming more purposeful about what you say, by believing what you say, and then by writing down what you say, and then by doing the work based upon what you said, what you believe, and what you wrote, so that you can end up becoming who you're supposed to be. Absolutely. And Coach P also talked about when you're going after what you want to go after, you're not making a sacrifice. And you're, you're making a choice. Making a choice. You're saying yes to a thing. Let your yes be what? Yeah, let your yes be worth the worth the less. Yeah, let your yes be worth the less. It got to, man. Coach Pew, I really appreciate your time, man. Um you have any you have any uh social media outlets that you'd like the people to, to follow you on? Uh, I'm on uh Instagram at uh K P O U G H. I'm also on Twitter at I T S K P O U G H one three. Uh I think that's about it for my social media outlets. I'm not really You can't <laughs> I'm not really active with anything else. Uh you know I try to that's something I want you to talk to real quick yeah. before we close. All okay. right. Coach Allen and I talked about this. Um, he's uh, one of my business partners from my company, Switch On. We talked about this. These kids don't understand or recognize that. Give me one moment. I did this before. All right. Mm-hmm. This is called My Social Book. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, this goes from January 1st, 2014 to April 25th, 2015. This is every post that I made on Facebook. Mm-hmm. This is every post that I made on Facebook. Now, I'm t- I tell people this. NFL clubs that are getting ready to spend a million dollars on you, they will pay a couple hundred dollars to look at every social media post that you made ever. I take it. I take it a step farther than that. <laughs> when you release something into the universe, cyber universe, it goes into a central repository. So when you delete it, it's never deleted. Never deleted. You you may have deleted it for that moment, but once you press send, it is gone, and you someone can retrieve it at any point in time. Anytime. So 
people who do cybersecurity tell you all that, but you, you don't yeah. believe it. And if you go to something called the Wayback Machine, yeah. you can go to the Wayback Machine online and it'll pull up the, how the website used to look way back when and show it to you because it's all it's all cashed. Oh, it's all all cash. And then no one, you know, I don't, you, you got to be politically correct, but they need a dose of the truth. No one is t telling you what, you know what I'm saying, to post or that you should care about what people think about you, but you should. You should care about what, how you perceive because someone's perception of you becomes their reality. While it may not be your reality, it's their reality about you. And whether you believe it or not, this is what these coaches think about. And what you post is how you are being perceived, but how, not only how you are being perceived, but it's your perception about your reality as well. And this is what you value. So if I'm creating a culture, I'm looking for someone who is high character. And if I see some things that are, are contradictory towards what I believe, then I'm gonna be hesitant to accept you. Now, if I do accept you, or, or, or just not choose you at all. No, at, at all. Not choose you I, at I all. Somebody, I say you might post something that might be fine for you to still get recruited by William and Mary. Right. But you might post something that Liberty University is yeah. no longer gonna consider you. Exactly. Exactly. Because of, that's not in line with what they believe. What they believe, right? And you just, just be. I'm not. Don't be. Be mindful of the things that you post. Be mindful of what you say. Um, and if it's something that you strongly believe, if it's morally, morally and ethically correct, then by by all means go with it. But also, some things don't need to be said or posted on the internet. And let me tell you what. Let me tell you what Coach Pew is also letting you know. If you're in high school and you're trying to get a college scholarship, or you're in college and you have a scholarship. Shut your mouth. Be quiet. Please. Please. Please and thank you. <laughs> politically, shut your mouth. Absolutely. Okay, because you will lose your job. Right. Or the opportunity to do your job. Right. Shut your mouth. There, there's a difference, and I, young people don't understand, there's a difference between a tweet and a text. A text is between you and your friends. Some of you so used to texting, you send something that should be in a text to the world. Yeah. And it, it will change your life. And I don't, we care, had a, I don't, care, I, I don't <laughs> care how you feel about President Trump. You are yeah. not him. Right. You know, and we live in a world where, where we've given we've given everybody an opinion. And opinions are like buttholes. Everybody got one and they all stink. <laughs> they all stink. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Just, just leave, leave it alone. It's, it's not worth it. It's not worth the headache. It's not worth what it could cost you in the long run. And again, you know, I say that to say, what people think about you is their business, but don't give them the ammunition. Don't give them the ammunition because of something that you said or something that might have, might have sound cool or you thought you, like, it's okay not to have a thought about something. It's okay to be indifferent about something that everybody is saying stuff about. Like, I. 90% of stuff that transpired, I don't even care. Because it, it doesn't sway me one way or the other. If it's not affecting my family, how I feed myself, and uh, pretty much that's it. If it don't affect those two things, it don't matter to me. Let me tell you something, parents, 
if you want your child to get a scholarship somewhere, or if your child's an athlete at a school somewhere, you need to be careful what you say too. Absolutely. Because they Absolutely. go with the apple don't fall far from the, from the, from the tree. Most, 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 tree, most trees ain't planted on the hill. I ain't never seen one planted on the hill. I ain't never seen no apple, no fruit tree planted on the hill. Uh, so, just yeah, just be mindful of what's what's being said. Uh, what you say, uh, you don't like the NFL might be better than the FBI when it comes to investigating and doing background checks. They go, they go, they can go all the way back to your. They went all the way back to my fourth grade teacher. They talked to your fourth grade teacher. Talked to my fourth grade teacher, and I wasn't even considered to be. I was. I was a. I had a third, fourth round grade. So I can't imagine the reconnaissance they do for someone that they're going to invest 50 million in. Wow. You understand? That's just the depths of, of their reach, how far they can go back. So I'm there's nothing that you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the, 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 they they the the bandwidth of what they can touch and what they what they have access to and that's just the NFL. I'm not talking about major corporations and stuff like that. I'm talking about what I've experienced. And I can only speak from my experience. But these things are and that was five years ago. Almost seven years ago. But just be mindful of what you put out there. Again, just be mindful of what you think, what you put out to the universe. If your mind right, then half of the thoughts, you know, you want to have to worry about. All right. Well, um, Coach Pugh, I thank you for your time, man. This was another edition of Coffee with Rod D. I want to highly encourage you to visit www.coffeewithrodd.com. Those people who are athletes, I also want to encourage you to get the book, Enhance or Destroy, Relationship Lessons from an Elite Athlete. You can find that at www.enhanceordestroy.com. It's absolutely fantastic book that will show you how the people of around the people that are around you can impact your success. Um, I think Coach P read the book too. Absolutely did. Absolutely was fantastic. You got it and caught unfortunately or fortunately you gotta make some tough decisions after you, you make some tough, you, got, you gotta make some business decisions every now and again. I, listen, I knew we ain't gonna talk about, it, but I knew the, the business decision that you you had to make, but you that's how me and you ain't had to talk. But you knew yes, I was talking to you. Absolutely. And everything got to do like this, him. And if it, it's nope. tough. It's tough to say it. Yeah. And if you say it when somebody's not ready to hear it, they'll repel you. So you just got to give them. Absolutely. Give them the text, and then they got to sit down. And they got to. Absolutely. They got to read it, and then they got to. Absolutely. It, they got to decipher for themselves. It's a, it's a, it's an it's a, it's unfortunate sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I'm sitting in the seat right now too. You know what I'm saying you know, I, I was just a little further down the line, a little, a little further line. down the road. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But it's you know, it it is what it what is. It is. <laughs> hey man, thank you for your time, man. Love you, bro. I appreciate. It. Love you too, dog. All right, group, group. Right.